0: for District Council's planning committee, um, to all of you in the chamber and to those listening on the web. Um, I'll start just by quickly running through how I intend to run today's committee. And I apologise to all of you in here who have heard this before. Um, before we begin, there's no expected fire drills, and so if the alarm goes off could we leave by the doors and go straight downstairs in the middle please, out into the car park. Um, the toilet's are out on the main door to the right and we will have a short break around about 3.30 if the business looks like it will run for a while after that. Um, can I ask you to make sure you've either turned your mobile phones off or ensured that you put them on silent? Um, okay. For those unfamiliar with the planning committee, the council officers have prepared reports on each of the planning applications before us today and have recommended whether each particular application will be <coughs> approved or refused. It is, however, for the planning committee sitting in the front here to assess the application and to make the final decision. For each application, I will ask the relevant officer to give a short presentation on the proposal outlining the reasons for their recommendation. I will then invite those of you who have already registered to speak on the particular application to present your views views. The applicant will then be given the opportunity to speak to their proposal and address any issues that they may have come up from the other speakers or on the officer's report. Once we have gone through this, I will then open the discussion to the planning committee members to make their points on the matter, to ask relevant questions of the officers before asking them to make a decision on the application with a proposal to vote on whether the application should be approved or refused or in fact, deferred. I hope that's clear for everyone. Before we go to the before we go to the first application, do we have any apologies for absence today?
1: Uh, Councillor account.
0: Council of the And anybody else? No, I think that's it then.
2: Declarations.
0: Declarations any declarations of interest?
3: Councillor Gerard? Yes, uh, for item eight, um, I'm a member of Newport Parish Council and also the uh, Newport Quendon Bricklin Neighbourhood Plan Steering Group.
0: Thank you very much. Any more? I have a declaration of interest on item um, four and item seven, um, as I'm a member of Stebbing Parish Council, and I will in fact be withdrawing. Um, as chair on item 4 and speaking.
2: Um, any others? Councillor leave Yes, on uh, items 11 and 12, they given as Barnston. I think they might actually be in High Easter, in which case I have a, a declaration of interest as that's the parish council in which I live and I know the applicant. Thank you very much.
0: Anybody else? No? Okay, thank you. So, is it your wish that I... Um, sign the minutes as a fair um, record, sorry, the the word record of the last planning committee meeting? Yes? Thank you. I'll sign those afterwards. Alistair thank you Therefore, going on to the first item, which is I've got the number there. It is, sorry, UTT 190573 Outline Planning Commission The land to the southwest of London Road, Little Chesterford. And presenting is um, Nigel Brown. Thank you very much, Nigel.
4: Thank you, Chairman. There was a site visit on this site this morning. Um, I'll be a little bit different. I'll go to the photographs first just to show members who weren't able to attend this morning where we actually are. Um, This is the site. As you're approaching um, the Great just of the Village from the Little side and from the, great, from the Little Chesterford um, side, the application is a, one of the better fields. It's a field. It's a field on the entrance to the village. And this is the current edge on that side of the, um, the London Road, which is Ash Green, uh, which is the current edge of the village as you're seeing it as you're approaching it from the south. Um, and that's probably that in a better view as you're, as you're coming up um, the extent of obviously this crops changed since this morning or um, well the 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 field is quite a defined field that we saw this morning um, the proposal is for 76 dwellings with all matters uh, reserved other than access um, the, the proposal uh, does lie outside of the development limits of great Chesterford, and um, it does lie in open countryside so it is contrary to S7 of the local plan which has been shown up to be quite robust in terms of the local plan. Against Against that we obviously do have an absence of a five year land supply um, and there are benefits from this particular scheme uh, that in officers view outweighs the harm from S7 but that is a tilted judgment that is for members to decide on that particular issue. Just to run for you a bit more on the application. Um, the application, as I say, is all matters reserved. What is proposed is for 76 dwellings on the site uh, with a play area towards the very top of the site, which would be uh, the normal leap and lap and um, et cetera. With open green area, that's what the light green is, proposed green space to actually lessen the impact of the proposal when entering from the south. And it's also proposed to have uh, an off site woodland there to both provide a formal soft edge to the, to the site as well as, if you like, a punctuation mark to actually uh, call it into the development of, this, of that particular site, because obviously there is an, always a problem when you've got linear development in terms of <coughs> whether it could come further out, where would it end. Um, this is just an illustrative layout of what's proposed, how 76 dwellings, and that's all they need to indicate to us that 76 dwellings could get onto that site. Um, they have to demonstrate that. This particular density on this particular site would be 33 dwellings per hectare which is a moderate density, Um, it's not over urban but um, members need to consider this on the edge of the village and the general issue is to for want of a better word, I'm trying to think of a technical word for it, but to fizzle the development out, so therefore it becomes much softer as you're coming out of the village, with both the softer, greener areas of the development towards the south, as well as the woodland there, and that is that is the proposal. The proposal also includes uh, within the site a cycle, a cycle link back towards the station. I know the cycleway is a, an infamous situation regarding um, further up on the site in terms of its non-delivering two metre. Wide cycleway was provided elsewhere, uh, which is not sufficient as a cycleway width. What's proposed here is a three metre cycle width, which would provide both the balance between you and also have a footpath and a cycleway, and that would propose to link in with what's further north. So, in terms of linkages to the station, which is an, an important sustainability linkage here, uh, this one does wash its own face in terms of the proposal. Um, There is considered to be some moderate harm in terms of landscape harm to this proposal Mm -hmm. when it from the the south of the site, but it is considered that that harm is is outweighed by the benefits of the development and the application is recommended for approval, Chairman.
0: Thank you very much, Mr Brown. Um, We have quite a few speakers for this month, so the first speaker is Councillor Gregory.
5: Thank you very much, Councillor Gregory. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Planning Committee. Um, And thank you also for coming this morning on the site visit. You saw a lot with your own eyes. You saw the traffic on that road, the number of very large HGVs that use it, as it is the primary HGV access from the north to Southam Walden. You saw that it's 1.2 1.2 kilometres to the centre of the village where facilities are, and even further, 1.5 to recreation facilities. Um, this will be a car dependent development. And I have to be honest, I wouldn't be happy walking a preschooler or a young child along that road to school or to preschool. And uh, any parent that chose not to do that, I'd have every sympathy with. And the traffic congestion within Great Chesterfield is chronic in the mornings at school times. But those are small but important issues. Uh, perhaps the most <coughs> important issue is that the inspector's letter, as the leader of the council told us, is due imminently, immediately after Christmas. And that will give clarity to the local plan. Um, I do wonder whether it's perhaps best in the interest of fairness to everybody that this matter is deferred until the, we've had the opportunity as a council to consider the inspector's letter because should you not choose to defer the matter then I really must ask you to reject it because in the emergent local plan which given its status must have considerable weight, there are 5,000 houses due to go in the parish of Great Chesterford there's 1,500 houses have just been granted planning permission immediately to the north over the county boundary in Hingston uh, for the Wellcome Trust this is in a village that has had organic growth of over 30% in the last five years. Um, the list of issues that are wrong with this site go on and on. In the most recent schla 2019, it was category E, the lowest possible category of land for development, not suitable for development within the next 15 years. This raises issues of community coalescence between the two very distinct and wishing to stay distinct communities of Great and Little Chesterford. Uh, Councillor Hall of Great Chesford has written to you on this matter. Councillors Redfern and Wilkinson behind me are going to speak to the details of that point. So, you know, it's actually quite hard in my recollection to recall an application that was so deeply and fundamentally flawed. As Mr Brown has made clear, it's in opposition to Policy S7. Um, finally, should you be minded to approve it, the discussions on the section 106 have not involved either the parishes to the extent that perhaps they should and they would need to be the most extensive and severe mitigation and I would ask that you condition that those parishes be involved in discussion and agreement of the 106 and they would obviously need, as you have seen the road, to be a very detailed and robust construction management uh, programme. Probably worth mentioning, just in finality, in respect of that road. That road is the relief road for when the M11 falls over, which, as many of us know, Councillor Gerrard in particular, happens with alarming regularity. Sometimes as much as twice a week it's blocked because of accidents between Duxford and Stansted. All the traffic goes down that road. Uh, There won't be any possibility of putting in uh, more robust speeding issues Um, This is a major trunk route and that in and of itself raises issues. If you're going to have construction on there with potential mud on the road, that raises major safety issues. I think I've spoken enough on the generalities. Uh, My colleagues from both Little and Great Chesterford Parish Council will fill you in more substantively on the details of our profound concerns. Thank you ever so much for listening.
0: Thank you very much, Councillor Gregory. Amanda
6: Harrison.
7: Good afternoon, Madam Chair. Uh, a member of the public, a mem- very concerned member of the public. I have to say I'm very disappointed in the way that this planning application has been handled. There seems to be a rush to push you through. You know, you're not waiting for the inspector's letter that has been held up for other politics, So why can't you wait for that letter? And why can't we actually have a look at it?
8: This site was
7: rejected last year, 2018, by yourselves, and it was rejected for classification E. I don't normally look at lots of classifications, but I decided to have a look at it. So these sites are not considered developable or deliverable is not considered suitable within 15 years. So why has that changed? I mean, my maths is 2018, 2019. None of it has changed on the actual uh, reasons. Departure from national policy leading to development in unsuitable locations, that hasn't changed. Development being vastly disproportionate scale to the adjacent settlements. We've already heard that this is actually Little Chesterford's planning, but it will actually be added on to Great Chesterford. So that hasn't changed. The sites contrary to the development strategy of concentrating development in garden communities, which are a scale to be self-contained and provide secondary schools. Neither Little Chesterford or Great Chesterford have a secondary school, and neither has planning or any uh, proposed sites for that. So that hasn't changed. Sites in type B villages, which Little Chesterford is a B village, Great Chesterford is a key village. So that would not contribute to the sustainable patterns of development of either villages. The site which contributes to the purpose of the Greenbelt or Countryside Protection Zone as identified in the Greenbelt Review 2016 and the Countryside Protection Zone Review in 2016, that also hasn't changed. The last one, sites with insurmountable physical constraints such as flood risk, noise pollution, of course, which is the trains and the overrun of the M11 when it has to be closed that hasn't changed. So I strongly reject this and I would also love somebody here to actually give me a straight answer to a straight question of why have these actually not changed and if they haven't changed then why is it actually being put back for planning when it was rejected last year. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you very much Ms Harrison. Um, Jennifer Harrison.
9: Good afternoon Ms Harrison.
2: Good
9: afternoon Madam Chair. Um, I have sent in two letters, two emails um, with the traffic problems uh, and all the other problems that are associated with this site. I have what you might um, think is not uh, very important but the uh, the development of the other side of Ash with several houses has been for sale for 18 months, two years. There are over half the houses on that site are still unsold. This seems to me, to me, that people do not want to move to Great Chesterford. Um, and uh, I cannot, why would we need so many more houses standing empty? In the in the village, um, there is o- it seems there is overcapacity for great Chesterford. There are also houses in the village that are for sale. Um, we have a full school, so there is not room for more. I understand that more houses need to be built, but surely they need to be built where people want them, where people want to live, rather than um, just where there is a field convenient. Uh, Little Chesterford doesn't want them or need them, and I can't see why it is being called a Little Chesterford site, when it would be a great Chesterford site. Um, There have already, I think, been three changes of estate agents on the houses on the other side of Ash Green. So, obviously, they are having great difficulties selling them. Thank you for listening to me.
0: Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Our next speaker is um, Councillor Redfern from Great Chesterford Parish Council.
10: Thank you. I am here on behalf of Great Chesterford Parish Council, and you will have seen um, our objections on both the revised plan in front of you and the application as it was originally submitted. For us, there's so much wrong with this application, and it's quite hard for me to put it together in just four minutes. Um, so I've tried to pick some of the key issues, but notwithstanding our strong objection that this is even being considered when the inspector's letter on the local plan is expected any day, and we could also have an additional 5,000 houses in our parish. This site is located too far from the centre of the village for most people to walk, and as such is a car dependent and site situated on the main road with only those using the train possibly to walk to their departure point. This stretch of road is outside the village speed restrictions, outside the village boundary and on a long straight stretch of road where speeding is a common place and can be very busy especially when the M11 has its problems. This particular stretch of the M11 between junctions 8 and 9 is the longest motorway section in the country without an exit. And um, without an exit. And there are already high volumes of traffic accessing the motorway at this point because there is nowhere else to access it between junctions 8 and 9. This often leads to closures and the B1383 is the main road used as an alternative route. This is a regular occurrence given the overcapacity use of the two-lane motorway. Furthermore, the recent planning of approval granted to the Wellcome Trust, 1500 homes and a research centre to be constructed just north of this site would dramatically increase the use of both the M11 and the B1383. In the officer's report um, item number 11.9 officer comments that there will be jobs in the village. I find this interesting given the recent conversion of many former office units into residential properties and no new commercial buildings in this or any other applications in the village. The proposal lacks evidence of any economic benefit to the village. It's disappointing. There's been no discussion with either parish council on the 106, and the proposal lacks sufficient open space provision and is unsustainable due to the considerable distance to any facilities, either in Great Chesterford or Little Chesterford, not to mention the poorly maintained footpaths that do head out of the villages proposed play area and report suggest the Parish Council may take on the upkeep and maintenance. If this were to be the case, the Parish Council would only consider taking on a play area if there were substantial financial contributions and the equipment that was supplied within the 106, as well as additional contributions to the facilities on the main village recreation ground. The detail of the cycle path is not clear within the report. Costings are outlined for the storage at the station, but there's no reference to contributions for the track itself. And This is an essential piece of infrastructure required by the Parish Council with the intention to join Great Chesterford to Saffron Walden. We, we've had a bit of a debacle with joining um, the edge of our village to the station, and I cannot believe we're even considering spending more money when um, Mr Brown will remember the issues we had with the Ignil Rise site and Essex County Council and uh, the highways requirements for a cycle path which changed during construction. The proposed site is located in the parish of Little Chesterford, but as you will have seen on your visit today, it is in fact joining Great Chesterford. <coughs> Great Chesterford has proactively accepted development in recent years as the village was aware that it needed to do its bit For the housing supply in the district, as a result, the village has grown by more than 27% in the last few years, with no improvement to services or facilities. In fact, one of our doctor's surgeries is now used by patients coming from Saffron Walden due to the (coughs) merger of two of their surgeries in town. It is therefore not reasonable to add yet further strain on our facilities with no additional infrastructure. (coughs) The village boundary would have to be moved to include the development in Great Chester into Great Chesterford Parish as the strain is added on the services in Great Chesterford rather than Little Chesterford and as it stands the precept would be given to Little Chesterford which is not acceptable to either parish council. In addition, the report acknowledges that the application does not meet the requirements of policy 7, (coughs) development in the countryside and then goes on to state that the NPPF reduces the weight of this requirement. It is wrong to draw this conclusion due to the weakness of the sustainability arguments. To build in this location conflicts with this policy and will create coalescence between, between two very distinct villages. Therefore, the development should not override policy F7. It is the opinion of the Parish Council that the report does not adequately take into account the implications of the draft local plan and fails to give sufficient weight to the 2015 Schlar. This development should not be considered acceptable. It fails for numerous reasons and would not be a suitable addition to the village or district. Great Chesterford Parish Council strongly urges you to reject this application.
0: Thank you very much, Councillor Redford. Um, Leona Wilkinson, um, Councillor Wilkinson from Little Chesterford Parish Council. Hello Hello again.
11: Hello. Thank you for listening to me about this application on behalf of Little Chesterford Parish Council. This application is unsustainable and does irreparable harm to the character of Little and Great Chesterford. In addition, the application does not make appropriate or adequate section 106 contribution. Neither should it be determined without the context of the inspector's letter regarding the local plan, which is to be released shortly. As you'll have seen from your site visit earlier, this development in the parish of Little Chesterford is approximately the same size as the whole of our existing village. And its potential impact on our community is therefore proportionately large. You'll have also seen that this site is about 1.2 kilometres from Great Chesford Village Services and requires the busy former A11, now the B1383, to be crossed to get to one small shop, no post office, and one former intake primary school and the doctors. You'll have seen how likely families living in this location are to make that journey by foot or cycle. The railway station for journeys to London or Cambridge is about 700 metres away, as is the only bus stop that runs on any day other than Sunday. <coughs> There's one bus an hour to Saffron Walden, but if you take the last bus, which is at half past seven, you won't be able to get back, as the last bus from Saffron Walden has already left. All the extra car journeys from the development to Saffron Walden to shops, but for recreation, will inevitably run through Little Chesterford whose single track high street is already blighted by Chesterford Research Park traffic. There are no services in Little Chesterford. We have a a church and a village hall, that's it. I'm sure that the office will have told you that in rural locations, the MPPF allows for non-sustainable development only if they don't cause substantial harm to the character of the location. And as you all have seen, This site significantly extends and pushes the built environment beyond the natural limits of Great Chesterford towards Little Chesterford. This is a ribbon development extending down the B1383 to only 200 metres from the first house in Little Chesterford and 400 metres from the main built environment. Keeping our communities separate and distinctive is not only an important and established planning principle but something our communities feel very strongly about. In response to a survey about the emerging Chesterford's neighborhood plan this July, 93% of the respondents agreed with the draft policy stating, define settlement separation gaps to prevent coalescence between Great Chesterford, Little Chesterford, Springwell, and any future settlements. And this brings me to the elephant in the room, the 5,000 houses proposed only a few kilometers away from this site. As Councillor Gregory has said, and Councillor Newcombe has written to you about, this proposal cannot be properly assessed without this context and should be paused for the imminent arrival of the inspector's letter. I'm surprised to hear the officer describe the benefits to our community from this development because I really can't see them. All I can see is a cycle path Which doesn't mitigate the damage to the local communities. The Section 106 in place have not been made with reference to the parish councils and don't mitigate this damage either. For example, no traffic assessment has been done through Little Chesterford and no mitigations have been included. The ongoing maintenance and ownership of play areas and open spaces is inadequate. The education provision doesn't include primary, mm-hmm. it, despite mm-hmm. predicting an increase that will take us close to catchment capacity in a school that is always full and has a waiting list. As Little Chesterford, which is the same size as the proposed new development, would be further from the primary school, our villagers will effectively be pushed out of the school that after they have attended since 1847 and community cohesiveness will be damaged. Thank you for listening to me. And I'm sure that you, like me, will conclude that this proposal should be rejected on the basis of its unsustainability and the harm that it will do to the character of the local area and its community. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much, Councillor Wilkinson. That's it. Um, Mr. John Knight?
12: (coughs) Thank you, Mr. Knight. Good afternoon, Councillors. I'm John Knight from Axis Land Partnerships and the project manager for this application. Uh, Thank you for the opportunity to speak to you this afternoon. Every local authority is trying to deliver new homes uh, to the right standards in the right location. Great Chesterford is an established and thriving village with good community services, great transport connections, and a range of employment in and around the village. With the proximity to excellent services, and without being environmentally sensitive, the site is in a good location for new housing. (coughs) Axis are aware that Great Chesterford and Little Chesterford are attractive historic settlements set in an appealing landscape, which which makes it all the more important to ensure that any new development is carefully planned, sympathetically designed and considerately promoted. We have therefore spent a lot of time talking very openly with the local communities and UDC officers to make sure that our proposals deliver the housing and benefits required of the district. I would like to compliment Maria Shoesmith and the other officers at the council for the way in which they have dealt with this application. They provided us the opportunity to engage with them fully in order to understand any issues that have arisen and as a result we have been able to work with them to address concerns and improve the proposal. The outcome is a planning application that does not have any objections from your officers. Maria and her team have been extremely balanced and pragmatic in their consideration of our proposals carefully considering the merits of the scheme and balancing the impacts against the benefits, leading them to reach the decision to recommend approval. We always try to engage with parish councils as well to ensure proper planning, which takes account of local context. We had useful engagement with Great Chesterford Parish Council, but little Chesterford Parish Council declined our invitation to meet. This, I feel, is a real shame and a missed opportunity for all of us, because in parallel, the parish has acknowledged in its minutes from the 11th of July 2019, the need for new homes, and identified our site as a potential housing site for allocation in the Emerging Neighbourhood Plan. Additionally, the parish's own landscape character assessment concludes there may be potential to develop on the settlement edge of Great Chesterford, immediately adjacent to Ash Green. We certainly would have welcomed a conversation about how we might best facilitate that. And in response to some of the comments earlier, post-submission we contacted both parish councils again to discuss Section 106 contributions, but our offer to meet was declined. We have hosted two community consultation events and manned an exhibition at the Great Chesterford Research Park specifically to share our ideas for development and to provide opportunities for locals to share their views in return. We do this willingly as a key part of the way access works. The intention of these sessions is to understand more about the local community's aspirations and concerns and to consider how we might address them through our proposals. As a direct result of local feedback, Access is committed to provide a footpath cycleway through our site and on towards Great Chesterford Village Centre and the railway station. This will be for the benefit of new and existing residents and will be complemented by cycle parking at the railway station. We will contribute to education provision and have repositioned our play space to a location more easily accessed by current residents. Our starting point when thinking how to design the scheme was to carefully consider how it might work within the landscape. We met with your landscape officer to provide the chance for us to show our view on how to develop sympathetically. The result of discussions, we have incorporated a substantial block of woodland planting on the southern edge of the site to form a clear connection with the landscape. This woodland is additional to the planting and green infrastructure proposed throughout the development. You all visited the site this morning, so have an idea for its size and positioning. Our proposal will deliver a site of which almost half will be green infrastructure. And just a correction on the DPH, the dwellings per hectare, paragraph 3.4 of the officer Report states its 23.8 DPH. And that green infrastructure will deliver benefits such as additional biodiversity, air quality management and the trees acting as a carbon sink. We believe this design to be appropriate to its context and we're pleased that your officer has endorsed our approach. In terms of local benefits, the proposal will of course deliver 76 high quality homes, including 30 affordable homes, making a significant contribution towards meeting local need. At Axis, we're passionate about delivering places and homes that will create and sustain a positive lasting legacy, providing places in which people want to live and care for. This proposal is a good example of genuinely sustainable development, it is well connected to a full range of services, is easily accessible by non-car modes and causes only modest harm. That harm is compensated through the design approach, biodiversity gain and numerous local benefits. It is development in the right place and I think your case officer has provided a balanced report and I support the conclusion to approve this application. I ask you to carefully consider what you've heard today, and thank you for listening.
0: Thank you very much, Mr Knight. I'll put it up to the committee. Councillor Bagnall.
13: Before we debate this, and I've tried this once before, uh, I've heard in, uh, in the Speaker's submissions about the, the letter that we're waiting for for the plan, uh, and people are calling for this to be deferred, so if as a committee we are minded to defer this, I'd rather we did that up front rather than debate it for an hour and then defer it, if we're minded to. So we've done this before and we debated it for an hour and then deferred it. I don't want to do that again. Can I
2: just say just
13: before you it? I'm not saying necessarily so you're going to
4: propose um, it. I'm, I'm obviously going to move you, try to dissuade you from deferring it, um, although I can understand why there has been a on from deferment from, from the firm. The, from the, just mention this letter was going to arrive shortly since about july time since you know it was going to be shortly it's going to be shortly in october so you just need to be mindful that by deferring it to a letter to arrive it could be an indeterminate period and so you know we could be hearing it you know we could be still new year could still be march because you know so you do need to show and that can be considered unreasonable behavior I'm not suggesting you do, and I, and I think members need to be considering what's in front of them, but if members are mindful to defer it subject to the letter, can I suggest that if members do that, that if we haven't received the letter, say by February's committee, that I will bring it back? Because I think the the the, the developer does have to have some sort of end game on that one. If, if we're still sitting here in February and we haven't received the letter, okay, you may you may make the same decision, but I think it is completely unreasonable to defer the matter for an indeterminate period, although I would still recommend that you don't defer it. So
13: that's that's what I was going to say. Uh, I think that's entirely reasonable Uh, and I would propose that we defer this one uh, until such time that we've either received the letter or we've met a deadline in terms of bringing it back to be fair to the developer.
0: Thank you, Mr Bagmore. Councillor Storer next, then Gerard, then Pavard.
4: So, so, before you say that, can I just check with the legal officer? Would it be better to propose to defer it? We'll to
9: we do have
14: i have like a second, then. Yeah.
9: Given it is a deferral proposal, then th- we should ask for a second, please, Madam Chair.
0: Thank you. Our second comes. Cap- no, yes,
15: Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, so may I speak now? No, no. no. To okay,
0: oh. to thank you. i do the vote first, sorry. It's my mistake, my, my error. Um, therefore, we have a proposal to defer this application proposed by Councillor Bagnall, seconded by Councillor Freeman. All those in favour of deferring this proposal?
9: One, two, three, four, five. Five in favor. Six. Oh, six. I'll count you again if I may. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six in favor of deferral. And those against please. One, two, three, four, five. Do we have an abstention? No.
0: If so... So that proposal has been deferred until Well, we could just to suggest? confirm
4: that we are, we are expecting the letter in the new year and a lot of things have been held out because of the mm-hmm. election are quickly finally come through. Look like for instance members have would have seen lots of appeal decisions coming through which were held back. Um so we're still confident that we could <laughs> receive it in January, which which will be where we are. But can I also say that if we haven't received it by I will aim to bring it back to February if it hasn't arrived. But we will use the time wisely and this is sort of aimed at the the applicant as well and to the parishes obviously there are there was some outstanding issues that were raised by some of the speakers the cycle way is one of those examples without prejudice to the outcome or wherever this application may end up i think it's maybe worth using that time wisely to try to sort out stuff like like that so you have a much because you could end up getting to the debate and actually saying well actually great but then we need these things clarified as well so we may some take some of that take this as an opportunity to try to clarify things in the meantime
2: I
0: think, Councillor Reeve, you wanted to, is it, are these uh, questions, not about the... Yeah, I don't want to open up a debate. No, not a debate it? about
2: it, no. Yeah, it, it really, just a procedural thing, that we, it took a vote, which I wasn't actually prepared on the information on which to take that vote, because there hadn't been any discussion. But I'm learning the process yeah. here, and I regret that. Yeah. Thank
4: you. We a or if there's a call to defer it, and I think Councillor Bagnall's reasons were quite reasonable, to be honest, in terms of it, and therefore we have to cut any debate and just have it in terms of show we defer it, because we wanted to defer it for specific reason.
0: As long as it's not creating
15: a debate, Councillor Stora, you can make a comment. It's not a comment and a question, if I may. With my tongue firmly in my cheek, having played games like this several times before in my in the past, could I ask Mr. Brown to be more specific as to which January we are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that will be the one that's a couple of weeks' time.
0: <laughs> Thank you very much, Mr. Brown. So, yes. Council, yes. Council Loughlin, yes? Thank you. Well, I would like to ask, we're going to have more respect the
16: people like, until the local plan comes through, and we have the inspectors' report.
0: Does this mean to say we can
11: declare every
0: single one of those? Um what I'm saying. Well, he's busy. Well, yes, um I would did you, uh, you hear what I did? I would
4: just clear I would just clarify an issue with the parish council. Uh, sorry, what was the question?
16: I said, as we have had before, and we will have again, until we, um, we open the plan, until we inspector to and we get a definitive answer, whatever that may be, um, this mean to say that we will have a cart launch now to um, defer every single to development that comes come through and revisit that thing those Boston, we have given them in
4: the what you mean about the last bit, but the first bit... I, I hopefully not that we're just gonna kick everything down the road until the letter arrives. And you know, this is well this is a significant application to be honest, and I can understand why members made sorry, that decision. Sorry, they're
17: all quite
16: significant to somebody. And we've had, last week we had one with Mr. Needle one I just wondered if we if we could now defer any other spectrum of development that comes before us because we that will also be seen as some people here to be uh I'm
4: not just debate here but I'm not just to find the decision to just be made but I would seriously be concerned if members wanted to defer every single application pending the the, the, the letter from the inspectorate. that's that's
16: kind of Well.
18: Could I just qualify something um, or clarify? Sorry, not running away for Councillor Loughlin, I think one of the key things here is that this is a site that was previously rejected in the local plan. So, yeah, so we're waiting for local plan to arrive back and then we have greater clarity. If there's another site, I guess, that's been previously rejected in the local plan that's unsuitable, we might defer that as well. But if it hasn't, there isn't those similar sorts of grounds.
16: No, we won't. We'll have to
2: put your turkey hat on. So yeah. this
19: Thank you, Councillor Merrifield. We'll move on now to item four on the agenda, which is Planning application UTT 19 stroke 0476 stroke OP land east of Warehouse Villas Stebbing Road Stebbing and I'd like to ask our officer to take us through the application. Thank you Sharon.
20: This is a site in Stebbing. Members were there, or some members were there, this morning. Um, I can take you through to the photos. This is the front of the site, um, standing at the westernmost edge. Um, So looking, this is looking across the site. This is from within the site, sort of the other end of the site, looking back towards the existing built development. Um, And this is the sort of like the character of the development um, in the area and you can just see the site is just over here just off the side of the photo again more photos of the existing development the sites over here Um, within the site looking out um, towards the um away from the main part of of the site and so this is the far end of the site, um, as you're, um, you can see, you're coming into the 30 mile mile speed limit, so the site is here, um, running from approximately this point down to the built form down there. Oops, sorry. Oh, no, don't go back. So, to the So it is um, Open Countryside, it's part of the field, it's not got defined boundaries here or here. Um, There is um, a bit of a scrappy, um, gappy bits of hedgerow along the front here. The proposal is an outline application, all matters reserved except for access, Um, and it's for uh, 17 dwellings. And it's proposed that there be six shared um, access points and a singular access point on the end. The proposals have been considered by the um, Highway Authority and they raise no objection to this approach. They would like to see, as um, part of the conditions, is that a footpath be constructed along the uh, frontage here to join up with the, existing frontage, um, sorry, with the existing footpath at the front of these properties. Um, the site is outside development limits. It is contrary to policy S7 but the officer's view is that the benefits of this proposal, which includes 40% affordable housing, um, those benefits outweigh the harm of the um, of being contrary to policy, so it is recommended that the application be approved.
18: Thank
19: you, Karen. Um, I have four speakers. I actually have an extra speaker, and uh, um, Councillor Merrifield and Councillor Evans have agreed to share the time on, on their to half so they will get two and a half minutes each um, councillor Merrifield please
0: protection. thank you very much um you saw today where it was and yes I know there are housing houses opposite um, but I feel the biggest issue is the fact that I do feel it's Unsustainable. Um, one of the three factors. The main thing, I think, is as you as you drove through the village. And Stebbing is a linear village. It's a very long linear village. Um, and yes, it's in the countryside. And yes, they are going to put a footpath there. Um, there is one bus, one main bus that goes four times a day. It only goes to Chelmsford. If you want to get anywhere to go shopping, do you really want to go and do your weekly shop in Chelmsford? No, you don't. Um, the officer has put that they will drive. You know, it's accepted that people will drive their cars. Stebbing people drive, that's what they use. They use their cars because there is not, there is no other alternative. We have a village minibus that we use, and some of the the elderly, we, they go to Dunmore once a week, and they go to Braintree once a month. Um, It is, we have no buses. There's a school, sorry, I tell a lie. There's a school bus that goes to Saffron Walden from Rain. We are losing the one that goes to Colchester come January because they have decided to take that service away. Um, So people get in their cars. You cannot cycle because the roads, apart from around the village, because it is too dangerous on the main roads. Um, It was suggested that you could get to the doctors by, by, by cycling no, I wouldn't want to get there if you were, if you were ill. Um, to walk to the school is over a 10-minute walk, which I believe is the, the magic magic time that people su- can suggest that you walk. Um, and one of the major problems is that you either hemstitch your way through Stebbing from one side of the, the, the road to the other to footpaths, or at some stages there are no footpaths. And from Watch House to um, Church End, which is a fairly narrow stretch of road, there is no footpath. So parents will not, or the majority of parents would not walk their children. One, it's the distance, and two, it's it's not particularly very or does not feel particularly very safe. So again, it's not sustainable. People will get into their cars. Um, we have a lot of think village facilities, yes. Um, but people will generally drive to them. So I think that's my main issue, and the fact that we've, with the climate change um, emergency that we've said, um, I feel that it, it's not the right thing to do. Um, I, we want affordable houses. We did want an exception site. This is not the exception site that we wanted, um, and it was not supported by the parish council I know, and they will, be talk, they will talk about that. Um, so I think I'm going to stop there and let Councillor Evans talk
19: about the rest. Thank you councillor. Uh, and the next speaker we have is councillor John Evans. Thank you Mr
21: Chairman, um, I'd like I would just, like just like to declare an interest. Sorry councillor Evans, can, can, I, you
4: can, can I just confirm,
21: confirm that, that councillor Merrifield has now left the chamber? That is
9: correct, it has, it has been mentioned already. <laughs>
21: Thank you. Uh, I am chairman of the Stebbing Neighbourhood Plan Steering Group, so that's an interest which I would like to declare. Um, Perhaps I could just uh, remind uh, members as to the submission made by the applicant as to the nature of this site, which you saw uh, most of you this morning. uh, They described the site and the development uh, upon it as likely to have a limited visual influence upon the surroundings and the appearance of the settlement in its rural landscape, that would not be notably altered or harmed. Uh, With respect uh, to that summary, uh, I don't think that that's actually right Uh, and specifically it ignores the professional views uh, which are contained in a landscape and sensitivity and capacity appraisal which was undertaken by the Neighbourhood Plan Steering Group uh, and forms part of the Uttlesford evidence base in relation to the Neighbourhood plan. It's been published since uh, the summer of 2017. Uh, <clears throat> I don't think that it's correct to say that the proposed development would not be harmful, harmful to the character and appearance of the landscape or the local countryside. Uh, and I've, having seen the site this morning, I would ask you to uh, reflect upon that. Uh, and the profession, in the professional judgment of the Landscape Partnership who prepared their report, their conclusion having assessed 41 parcels of land in Stebbing, so it was not simply a case of looking at a very few. 41 parcels of land were appraised, including uh, this one. Uh, and the conclusion of the landscape partnership and advice uh, was to the effect that development in this parcel would have a significant adverse effect on the historic integrity of the village and its devel- development the setting of listed buildings and or the attractive views and vistas. And it is those attractive views and vistas uh, which I would ask you uh, kindly to uh, reflect upon. Uh, And just one final uh, point uh, which will have been noted, I think, by you uh, this morning, uh, and it is in relation to the matter of access to the road. If there is to be as many as seven access points into the road, uh, one asks, what would happen to the hedgerow which exists there and which of course we are as a matter of policy looking to uh, maintain Uh, so I would ask you to consider those two substantive points in your deliberations
19: Thank you councillor Our next speaker is um, Christina Kant um, speaking on behalf of the Parish Council in Stebbin Christina you have five minutes
6: Thank you for allowing me to speak today. Stebbing Parish Council has strong objections to this application. Firstly, the Council, council wishes to state that at no time has Stebbing Parish Council been consulted on the proposal before you today. The Parish Council does not support the application in principle as stated. The proposal is outside VDL in open countryside where development would not normally be allowed. It extends ribbon development at a time when the neighbourhood plan is nearing completion and is trying to allocate new development within the village centre so that it is within easy walking distance of village facilities. It stated when rejecting this site that it was outside the comfortable walking distance to the village centre. The report notes a bus route. This bus meanders from Wethersfield to Chelmsford, taking over an hour peak times. There are four buses a day. The route is underused because it does not take people where they want to go, namely Dunmo or Braintree, for doctors, dentists, and shopping. For the applicant to say that we have access to doctors and chemists is equally inaccurate. The nearest is five kilometers away in Great Dunmow no one cycles. The roads from here into Dunmo are barely wide enough for two cars. A former county councillor who walked the route to Dunmo when the bus service was threatened for schools stated that a parent would be mad to allow their child to walk on this road. ECC then dropped the plan. The primary school is full and the village shop is a community shop run by volunteers and provides necessities Hardly anyone does their weekly shop in the village. Stebbing Parish Council disagrees with the planning officer that the development will meet NPPF Paris 78-79. to Stebbing is not a village in decline. In excess of 50 houses have been built recently with 30 to be completed early in the new year. The village has gained nothing from this apart from greater problems and having to turn local children away from a full school. The village has a vibrant and involved village community. The parish council also feels that this application is premature as it is threatened with 13,500 houses on its village boundary. The application fails on all three aspects of the MPPF The site is unsustainable, being remote from the village centre and access to all services with a car. There is no employment in the village. The report says any economic benefit is restricted to the building of the houses, therefore to the developers. It has very poor social connectivity to the main village. I am aware that the parish council does not have a five-year housing supply, but the site is not sustainable. I quote the council's own schla which has already rejected this site in its call for sites. UDC stated, the site is beyond expected walking distance to the school and village facilities. Development of the site would extend ribbon development within a small hamlet in the countryside with limited access to service and facilities. The site is considered unsuitable for development as the site would not contribute to sustainable patterns of development. Also in your um, conservation appraisal some years ago UDC stated that one of the things that made Steving a very attractive place to live were the open spaces between houses The gaps between development, which as you drove through what is an incredibly six-mile linear village um, has open aspects of the countryside in various places as you drive through. It does seem sad to me that it seems now determined to um, go against what it said were, were our own best benefits. Some years ago, a single mother with a small baby was given accommodation in the village by this council. The child became ill and the doctor at first refused to come out. The woman had no transport and not enough money for a taxi. The surgery eventually relented and the doctor came and left her with a prescription which she couldn't fill because she still had no car and money for a taxi. Council rehoused the woman in Dunlop shortly afterwards.
19: Councilor, could you you wind up now, please? The uh,
6: last uh, sentence. Stebbing is entirely at the mercy of the car to access anything other than emergency supplies from the shop. The shop often runs out of bread and milk because it's a community shop and it cannot afford like Tesco's to oversupply. The golden thread of sustainability the NPPF requires does not run through this application
19: and I urge you to refuse it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, I'll now call the agent, uh, Lindsay, Lindsay Trevelyan. Um, Lindsay, you have 15 minutes.
22: <laughs> Thank you, Chairman. 15 minutes, wow. <laughs> Keep it short. <laughs> uh, as officers have already highlighted, the applicant seeks outline planning permission for the construction of a new residential development comprising of seventeen dwellings of a mixed tenure and size with all matters reserved apart from access. The proposals will consist of seven affordable homes, which is compliant with local policy H9. This application was subject to extensive pre-application discussions with council's professional planning officers who amongst other issues concluded that the proposals would have limited environmental impacts to the character of the countryside and that the site was in a reasonable sustainable location to local services and amenities and thereby supported this scheme. Prior to the submission of this application, English Rural Housing Association, who are a specialist provider in community-led affordable rural homes, liaised with Stebbin Parish Council and made them aware That was the applicant's aim to ensure that all of the affordable homes will be prioritised for local people and will remain in the community for future generations. However, this would be a matter for the Council in respect to the way they determine and how its nominations give priority to local people first. In respect to the comments made by the Parish in relation to the call for sites, It is advised that this was back in 2015 and since this assessment this has been a change in national policy and guidance in relation to sustainability and thereby limited no weight should be applied to it. In respect to the Parish's comments regarding sustainable transport, it should be reminded and advised to councillors that paragraph 103 of the framework for sustainable transport solutions will vary between urban and rural areas and this should be taken into account in the decision-making process. Furthermore, the Stebbin Neighbourhood Plan is not yet adopted. It will even be out for public consultation and thereby no weight can be applied to it at this stage. The applicant acknowledges that the site falls within the countryside. However, importantly, the site is located directly adjacent and opposite to an established, built-up residential area that falls within the development boundary her proposals would extend the existing form of residential ribbon development in line with existing dwellings and opposite the application site. We sympathise that the Council are unable to demonstrate a five-year supply of housing land or an up-to-date local plan as with many other Councils. As the officer confirms within their committee report, the Council is thereby in the unfortunate position whereby decisions should apply to the presumption in favour of sustainable development and that planning permission should be granted unless any adverse impacts significantly outweigh the benefits. The applicant has undertaken the planning balance as set out within the framework and concluded that no significant harm has been identified whereas the benefits of the proposal are considerable in that the scheme provides much needed housing, including affordable homes within a sustainable location. The applicant submits for the proposals and the site represents a sustainable development which is further acknowledged by the Council's professional officers within the committee report. A site situated within a sustainable location adjacent to existing housing and relatively close to local services amenities where public transport links are available. The applicant has agreed in accordance with Essex County Council Highway's requirements to provide an extension to the existing footpath along Warehouse Road across the frontage of the site and to fund and to provide the upgrading of two existing bus stops which further provides public benefits and promotes the sustainability of the site. It is acknowledged that the rear of the site has open views over the existing countryside. However, the relatively modest density of the site within a linear formation, allowing for the visual separation between built forms is such that the proposed development would not be prominent addition in the local area or affect the local landscape. In outlying views on the countryside, the development would form part of the backdrop of the hamlet and the existing houses, and the semi rural landscape context will not be altered or harmed. This is further recognised by the Council's professional officers, who confirmed that the impact of the development on the countryside at this location would be limited and not significant in respect to local policy S7. The application was formally consulted to all statutory consultees who confirmed that they had no objections to the proposals subject to relevant conditions. In particular, the new vehicle access arrangements have been assessed by the Highways Authority in which they confirmed that the proposals will not result in harm to highway safety and that they will comply with the normal requirements in respect to visibility, turning and sight lines. The proposals will not result in harm to the amenities of adjoining property occupiers, as also confirmed by the Council's officers. The applicant agrees with the professional officer's conclusions as highlighted within their committee report that the principal housing on the site is acceptable and that the proposed benefits outweighs any perceived harm when applying the tilt balance. The proposals have demonstrated compliance with the Council's housing standards, amenity standards, highway and sustainable standards. The applicant submits that the proposals in, is acceptable in all regards and complies with the relevant national and local policies and guidance. Council is thereby respectively requested to allow and grant this planning commission for the development how it currently is proposed in accordance with the suggested list of conditions and the requirements of the section 106 agreement. Thank you for your time.
19: Thank you. Um, I will now bring this open to debate amongst our planning committee councillors. Um, Councillor Pavitt.
18: Thank you, Chair. Um, one immediate thing strikes me on this, having been to the site this morning and stood there and viewed it as a driver would do. Um, this idea that access visibility is acceptable really staggers me. If anybody actually go there and view it in terms of the people, these uh, highways and the consultants who were engaged, I mean, this is on page 72, 1114. At the east end of the site, um, probably for about a third of that distance in, if you stand and look to your left, you cannot see the traffic approaching, you've barely got visibility at all, Um, and bear in mind that that is the boundary of the visible village, so people approaching along that road will tend to drive faster than they should do and then slow down when they actually access the village. if you then look to your left, if you walk down a little bit and look to your sorry, look to your right, to the west, there is a long and high hedge road which you cannot see beyond, so you don't have any visibility from traffic coming from the west either. So this idea that there can be seven accesses onto this road that have visibility staggers me. The visibility just is not there. Thank you. <coughs>
20: Highways have assessed this, um, they've assessed it numerous times, um, there's been various plans as far as I'm aware, and they are entirely happy with the proposal. Now the footpath, I haven't been involved in these discussions, as you're aware I'm not actually the case officer that's dealt with this, but from the information that I've got within the report, the requirements of the conditions I suspect actually that is probably going to have to go and be replaced by another hedgerow the other side of the ditch because of where the footpath's got to go. So if you can see the, um, the hedgerows along here at the moment, and this is the location of where the footpath is going to have to go. So I suspect that that hedgerow is going to have to go and be replaced with a new hedgerow the other side of the ditch within the site
18: just to confirm that the, the was nodding, nodding on that but, so the hedge would be remote. Chair if I can just
2: respond
18: on that on um, fine that, that takes care of the issue perhaps of, of, of visibility from the west doesn't take care of the problem from the east because the hedgerow is not the issue, you, you, you are talking about boundaries and hedges way beyond the actual site itself and, and I have to ask the question, did the highways actually go there? Or is this a Google Maps exercise?
20: That I can't answer. They're not here.
3: Mm. <laughs> Councillor Gerard. Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, yes, uh, we've had this before, where we have had comments from the highways, and I, I'm, I, I'm inclined to agree. However, it's in the, it's in the report that the highways have no objections. Um, What do we have here? We have some some benefits here. We have 17 homes, that's on the plus column. We have seven affordables and that's on the plus column. Um, Is it sustainable in terms of the NPPF? Um, I don't think it is. If the bus route and if public transport was fit for purpose and we've been told we've been given evidence by Councillor Merrifield and others that it's not. If it was fit for purpose then perhaps there would be an element of sustainability here but I don't think it um, complies with NPPF 78 which says that rural development needs to be obviously something that adds to the um, sustainability of the village, adds to the... um, I don't think it does. I think also the traffic coming in from the right hand side of, of, of the picture there we saw it early on this morning, it comes in very, very quickly and certainly there's a a 40 into a 30, but they were coming in much, much more and it reminds me very much of in terms of of how Newport works um, along along that main road. So I'm concerned about the traffic part of it. However, highways say it's fine, so we have to take that on the chin. Um, It is I believe, contrary to policy S7, and we are here to obviously look at policy. Um, and I think that um, the issue of uh, the uh, um, how much the S7 actually is, is, is uh, can be relied on, bearing in mind NPPF. Let's bear in mind that we've recently had. I mean, I think that whatever happens, if if, if anyone wasn't entitled, if we if we said this was uh, not acceptable and rejected it, the the would, applicant would go to appeal. We have had many many appeals recently, um, lots of them have been put in um, very quickly and have been uh, recently dismissed, particularly on S- policy S7. Um, but the issue really we have to weigh up, is it sustainable? Is, this a, is, it, is it a sustainable development and are we happy that the benefits outweigh the, 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 the negatives? I think landscape is also an issue, we are lo- losing Uh, that valuable landscape on the edge of the village. Um, Certainly if one one looked across that field earlier on today we saw what will be the new garden community uh, uh, basically west of Braintree east of Stebbing, what do you want to call it. Uh, It's funny that we follow on from the Chesterford one having deferred that. I'm not saying that we should defer this but just a point to mention that we are yet again discussing an application in a location where there is a garden community uh, in the plan. Um, so I agree, I think that the, the emerging neighbourhood plan is is a factor, although it's too early, and just like Newport was a few months ago, I don't think that carries any weight yet, I think it would be nice to, but I don't think it does. So I'm inclined to, to believe that looking at the positives and the negatives, I still believe that the unsustainability of this application outweighs the, the positives, and what just you know, and the fact that you know, Councillor Evans, head of planning, believes that you know even though we have an issue with our housing supply, our land supply, um, you know on balance I, I don't believe that the addition of a few homes to the supply is sufficient to outweigh the uh, the, the unsustainability of this particular site. So I'm inclined to err on the side that it's not sustainable and therefore I think I'm inclined to say that we shouldn't approve. But, interesting to what I would say, but certainly, you know, there there are questions regarding sustainability. The bus route, I think, as we heard from Councillor Merrifield, if it was fit for purpose and not being cancelled in January, perhaps that might be an issue, but it's not.
23: Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you, Chairman. Uh, I'm sorry, I couldn't make the site visit this morning. So. Do we have a more general view of uh, that site? I, I'm not familiar with this part of the world to any great extent, uh, so on that, map, sorry, on that map, can you show us where any facilities are, if, if they exist? Uh,
20: no, because the core of um, Stebbing Village is further to the north, uh,
23: north-west. Okay, fine, thank you. Uh, okay, fine, thank you.
19: Councilor Storer. Thank you, Chairman. I find myself um,
15: reiterating briefly, but in more detail in some aspects, we tend to my um, We don't have five year housing land supply, which, given the scale of this development, means that the tilted balance Parts. No me, I repeatedly take through the process and make no apologies for doing so again briefly. is such that we are to grant time permission, unless any adverse impacts of doing so would significantly and de- demonstrably outweigh the benefits when assessed against the policies in this framework taken as a whole. Gerard has done that. So I just want to talk, I'm not going to repeat it, I just want to home in on a on couple of points. By my calculation, which I've just done now, um, not on the back of the type package, <laughs> <laughs> um, I estimate it to be something of the order of 1500. As I understand it, the, the annual requirement is 715 houses, which makes this proposal. Just a little more than a week's worth of supply. So, that's not a great deal, is it? It's of the order of 1% of the total deficit, if my maths are correct. But by the same token, we could apply that to all sizes. So, I yeah. size and say, well, well there's no difference, so let's not bother. So, there's more to it than that. What are the benefits? Councillor Gerard said what they are. Contribution to this deficit and the affordable housing. To my mind, the adverse impacts are S7, again, that will apply generally to all of these sites, but also that this particular site has been considered and rejected through the strategic land availability assessment, which must count for a factor. So I found myself Struggling to balance which do I find most important, which the most weight. Those two factors against the contribution that this site makes to the five year And I find myself um, going in similar direction to the Gerard. I'm tempted to err on what I consider to be uh, the side of caution. It's a difficult balance to make. And
4: on mr Brown yeah just before we end up running down a rabbit hole here um, s7 in itself it being in the countryside is not an adverse impact in its own right it's you know countryside being in the countryside in itself is not an adverse impact there's got to be an imp- adverse impact okay I'm not going to leave members on that one now Karen's battle scar from a couple of recent inquiries, where one of which was an S7 discussion. But, but the thing is, the issue is you can't just say S7, therefore it's that, that's a negative. Uh, it's, it's, it's contrary to policy. It is, it is S7, it's contrary to policy, hence why the tilt to balance has been enacted. But when you've got that tilt to balance, at the moment you've got the benefits on one side, you've got to have something negative on the other side. And the negative bit is not just the fact that it's countryside. There has to be something There has to be harm. And so members need to assess whether there is harm from this development as well. And, and I think you need to go a little bit further to just say it's S7. <coughs> <coughs> Councillor Lockwood. As well, yes. Yeah, so as well as the impact, of, you know, of
19: that harm, as well as the where,
4: how much, where the level of harm that is, and how that fits into balance.
19: Councillor Well
16: I'm way about the moment because oh. I'm, I'm finding this one quite difficult. It is an outline planning application, which means any details can be sorted out with the applicant at a later stage. So, um, you know, some of the things that you've, you've brought up can actually be sorted out, uh, and that needn't be a big problem. But one of the things it does find me is in the officer's report, it says um, about sustainability. Says, which is regarded as being a reasonably sustainable settlement. What does that mean? reasonably uh, sustainable. Does that mean part of it is unreasonably sustainable? So an explanation of that would be good, please. And also on page 70.9, it says economic benefits would accrue, although would be fairly limited and likely to be restricted primarily to the build process of the dwellings, rather than any tangible economic effects on the village. So that means that it will be the people that build their houses, uh, but that, they're not necessarily local uh, workers. Uh, you know, usually you get subcontractors on a building site. that are coming, maybe even coming from London um, to build this. So I mean, I don't see how that is going to be economically viable to this village. You can't see any tangible benefits on that, unless you say only local workers. <coughs> Gentlemen, which of course you can't say. So, uh, you know, that is why I'm wavering. I, I see the benefits of it, and actually, i quite like to decide if, if these things uh, on the outline stage could be sorted out. It, it wouldn't be any different to the opposite side. And also, there could be a lot more houses on that side than and also we will be getting seven more affordable homes. So, you know, I'd like to be persuaded which way to go, really. Um, by. Uh,
19: Thank you, Karen. Karen,
5: Right,
20: I didn't like this report, so I'm not quite sure where he's coming from. With reasonably sustainable, Um, well, I mean, obviously, as planning officers, we have to go through the process of is it contrary to policy. No, are there any policies? Yes. What are the policies? Consider it against the policies, how much weight those policies have, and then we have to consider the benefits. And then we have to weigh up the benefits against the harms. And in this instance, the officer has considered the. So generally, policy S7 has moderate weight. Generally, affordable housing and housing delivery has significant weight and con- inspectors are consistently stating that and that's officers view so we've got a moderate weight policy and significant weight in the delivery of additional housing plus we get in some other benefits with um, you know the addition of the footpath how much weight you want to give back it's up to you um, so officers have taken that view that the sustainability as a whole outweighs the harm of being contrary to policy S7. That's as far as I can go.
19: Thank you Karen. Um,
20: uh,
19: Councillor Bagnall.
13: I just wanted to say, from what I've heard from the speakers, uh, I think there is, it would appear to be, no benefit for the community. So there is benefit in terms of the housing supply, Uh, and we've heard that it's a small percentage. There's no benefit for the community. It sounds like it's a a Gen one in terms of access, so it sounds like there's a potential uh, rationale for refusal. I know Highways have said they've assessed it and have no issue, but I think we've been there before, and I think Highways, I suspect, have done a desktop exercise and have not been out and properly assessed this. I've seen it before and I support Councillor have it in that view that uh, it's a, it could potentially be an accident waiting to happen to have that many access points on that dangerous road uh, so I think Gen 1 for access uh, and there's, I think there's an element of protection of, for the countryside as well um, because um, it's clear that this is a big open space uh, and at some point things spread out so at some point you have to say enough is enough Uh, and to me this is uh, encroachment in the countryside so I think the countryside is an important factor it might have less weight than uh, the additional housing but I think when you look at the sustainability I think there is no sustainability here for the community only sustainability here would be for the housing supply I don't see I don't see the sustainability argument so when I'm doing the balance I don't see that there's sufficient sustainability
20: got local let on the affordable housing so that is a benefit to the village
13: um, not, not from what I'm hearing from the community so I'm no sorry do the thing. section
20: 106 will require that it will be locally let for the affordable housing so that is a benefit to the village.
13: I think there's also another aspect, which is this neighbourhood plan. Whilst it's not in place, there's clearly a neighbourhood plan in, in the throes of being put in place. So the applicant said it had no weight. I'm not sure if that's correct. I think it has weight. That is correct. Weight. It but
4: has no I just weight. Think, I'm a little bit worried that this is a planning application for which members need to, and I'm, I'm going to be boring now. Yeah. It's contrary to policy in terms of F7 you need to weigh out the balances this is not a here's an application see what you can throw at it in terms of refusal the way that you're putting that was i think we could throw gen one at it i think we could do that we can do that that is not what we should be doing what we should be doing is assessing the planning application exactly the way Councillor lachlan put it in terms of she's torn in terms of whether to approve it or, or refuse. I'm not putting words in your mouth, Councillor Lockwood, but you're balancing in your mind in terms of whether you're making a decision. Not is I think we should refuse this, and that's come up with some reasons for it. That's not, and that is not the way Councillor Gerard put it. But Gerard, Councillor Gerard was in his mind thinking, and he came up with a conclusion in terms of where it is. You should not be starting a discussion with what can I refuse this for? Well, no, we're
13: all in different positions here, aren't we? So, if you're, if you're suggesting to people that they can't refuse it just on one policy, I'm not, then you're inviting other no, people I'm, to... No, I'm not saying that. I'm operate. just saying the, the thinking must says. be,
4: before we decide whether, how, what we're going to refuse it for, if you're going to do it, you need to balance the proposal up. I would, while I'm on, I'll also mention Gen 1. Consistently, inspectors are saying, if the county highway authority are in support of the application, they cannot go against it and you could sit here in hearings and inquiries where there is anecdotal evidence about what's going on in terms of the in terms of on the ground and the inspector consistently says the county highway authority have raised no objections to this proposal therefore i can find no highway refusal for it so i would always owe you away from gen one in terms of that type of discussion i think the big balance is it's it's literally down to harm harm to the countryside and i think you know and I've, all i've heard is that it is countryside not there's necessarily any harm to that countryside and there's quite considerable benefits from this. The achievement of local, not only is it affordable housing, it is local first letting of these houses as well. That is a significant move in terms of affordable housing. It can be achieved on sites and it has been achieved here that there will be local letting because there is a housing housing need within Stebbing. For, for development, for, for, local, for, for, for um, local affordable housing scheme, as well as the general need of affordable housing across. That is a clear benefit, and it's got a high benefit. But I'm hearing nothing about harm on the other side, only that it's in the
13: countryside. That's Mr Chairman, can I come back on that? So, so there are opinions, and there are opinions. Um, so you, you say that we can't cite um, Gen 1, for example, as access, because as, as highways have deemed it perfectly safe. These people, I didn't go out to see it today, so I haven't been on the site visit, but what I'm hearing around the table is, uh, and from the speakers, is that's not necessarily the case. So for you to say that we can't cite that as a reason because highways have approved it that sort of ties our hands a bit as a committee because if we feel it's unsafe and it could be there could be harm to any residents that have to walk that road, then we would be wrong not to call that out. So it feels to me that we we shouldn't be pushed down the direction of citing certain policies only because someone's approved it. So if Essex have approved it in, the, in their mind and they've not done a particularly good job and we go along with that, then we've not done a good job as well. You so cannot, you sorry, I've
4: got to in intervene way. there. You cannot keep saying that about the local highway authority. The local highway authority are professional officers. The last time I checked, nobody in this room is a highway engineer, including myself. They are the professionals. So the starting point is they are the professionals. you have heard anecdotal evidence from some people in this room that it doesn't look particularly good and it's an accident waiting to happen. How many times have I heard that one? To be honest with you, the highway authority have given their professional judgment. Now, whether they visit the site, whether they've done a desktop exercise, they've done a professional judgment. You may disagree with that, but unfortunately, there is no professional evidence against it other than what you've heard. And unfortunately, you're giving that far more weight than what a professional officer has given you.
20: And can I also point out there are 18 access points on the opposite side of the road. So for you to quote Gen 1 against seven access points on that side of the road, I think you'll be on very, very dodgy grounds.
19: Councillors, can I bring this part, that just this part of the discussion to an end and, and ask councillors, please don't criticise local authority workers. I'm referring to highways. We're not here to criticise. Yes, we, we may, some of you may have disagreements with them, but I think criticism is, is going too far. Uh, Councillor O'Caiten. Thank you, Mr Chairman. I mean, like
24: everybody here, I'm grappling with the tilted balance on this, uh, this one. I am um, going from one side to the other at the moment, I mean on the, the access issue I am sure uh, there might if, might be some mileage in discussing whether we, you know, there could be a single access from this this site, um, if, if that was, uh, you know, provable that there, there were some dangers. I I got to the site uh, and I thought well, you know, it's it's a logical extension to the built environment in in this hamlet part of of, of Stebbing. So, you know, I'm I'm half inclined to support it although it is in the open, open countryside because I don't think the loss of this this patch of open land is actually a great loss. Now having heard that the um, inspectors are giving great weight to uh, housing provision uh, and particularly affordable housing provision uh, and particularly that the section 106 will allow local um, people to be nominated for that affordable housing I'm thinking that in my mind uh, that the tilted balance has gone in the other direction now and so I'm inclined to support this this application um, but it is a very finely balanced one but uh, and if we had our five-year land supply, I don't think I'd be saying. Yes, because it's outside uh, village development areas, but we are in the situation we are in, and uh, although um, Councillor Store says it's only one percent of uh, supply, uh, I think one percent makes a lot of difference to five local people, Uh, and I think on this one I'm going to go with heart rather
19: than the head. Councillor Reeve, to a close? I'm back. No, I'll take Councillor Reeve, he hasn't spoken yet.
2: Yes, Thank you. I'm, this morning when I was, um, before coming to the meeting, having read the papers and uh, when I first saw the site, I was minded that it was a sound proposal. Subsequently, listening to the debate that we've had and uh, thinking that through, actually I've now come down on the other side. Yeah? and, um, or coming fast down on the other side. And my reasons for that are um, a number. Uh, The consideration and rejected uh, SLA uh, thing from last time round is a factor. Uh, The the MPPF sustainability uh, arguments in terms of um, uh, the three legs of that, uh, there, for me, that comes down in favour of not being acceptable on balance. Um, The the countryside one, it is another field going. Uh, So uh, I'm not sure what uh, the official weighting to that is, but more agricultural uh, land uh, is disappearing. I offset that indeed against the affordable housing, which was one of the reasons which this morning I felt that uh, that was a good thing. And, uh, of course, I understand the, the argument about the not yet approval of the local plan. When I put all that together, uh, I would come down on the tilted balance in favour of rejection. In my heart, i feel uh, easy about that, because when I looked across the fields, I think there's a very high probability that there's going to be a large number of houses coming in that area, and which I know you can't give way to, but that's what makes my heart feel comfortable. So I come down that way.
3: i will tell you one more, Councillor Gerard. Uh, thank you, Chair. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to kind of cut to the chase. I've, I've said most of what I wanted to say, but I'm actually now formally proposing that uh, this is put to a vote to refuse. Uh, just to reiterate, the policy, my main policy is policy S7. I do believe that NPPF 78 comes into play in terms of the issue regarding the promotion of sustainable development. On the one hand, yes, there's some benefit. On the other hand, I still don't believe that it is sustainable. I don't believe that the modes of transport are available there to make this a sustainable development. And I think that ENV 5... I think that ENV5 is relevant here too. Uh, I, I obviously stand to be corrected by Mr. Brown, but um, you, you, you're shaking your head. Um,
4: I'll be, I'll let you finish, yeah.
3: Okay. I, I'm inclined to think ENV5, although I, I obviously I, I stand to be corrected. But certainly, I believe that S7 and nppf 78 Again, I look at it on the balance, and I believe that, that on balance, the sustainability issue, which is our golden rule. Our golden rule, the NPPF, is in favour of sustainable development, not, not any development, sustainable. I don't believe it's sustainable and that's why I'm proposing the refusal.
4: Mr. I'm, I'm getting really quite worried now. Um, Councillor Reeves' comments, I have still not heard anything regarding the H-word, harm. At the moment we're not talking tilted balance, we're talking something where there's benefit and there's no harm. The fact that something else could happen is not a reason to refuse planning permission. The fact that it is a field is not a reason to refuse planning permission. We are a rural district. It doesn't matter whether we have got a five-year land supply or not, the majority of our houses will be built on fields. If you are saying we can't build on fields, then we are really in a difficult position. We haven't got straves of brownfield land within our our urban areas, so the loss of the field is you cannot do it on those brownfields. That is not harm, that's an inevitability. The loss of agricultural land is sort of ditto, it's sort of you will lose agricultural land as a result of it. We've got a, we've got a ready supply of moderately quality agricultural land in the district. It is a shame that our fields will be, will be built, but there is a small proportion of fields will be let go for residential development. And that again is not a reason for development. I am not hearing anything regarding harm. So, just to refuse something because it's countryside is a very difficult position, and I would find it very difficult for anybody to, to, to defend that on appeal. So, I would, so, dread answer to Councillor Gerard's question, I would move you away from the agricultural loss of agricultural land. Councillor
19: Rockland? Councillor
9: thank you
16: it was a ruse to shut me off I think um, well I was wondering but actually I'm actually going to vote for this because I I think that appeal this is it will lose appeal uh, I can't I've looked at the sustainability and I've looked at the house and I had a good look this morning at the people that are living opposite who will live there sustainably and they obviously, you know, managed to get around. And so, and I think an inspector will look at that and say, hmm. And I don't believe that S7, and I'm very, very uh, keen, as you know, I'm always quoting S7 and everything, but I don't think in this instance we'll be able to get away with that. And I think it, it will just win an appeal. And uh, really, I think that's all I've got to say. So I actually will be voting for this.
19: Thank you. Um, Councillor Ger- Gerard, can you just repeat your reasons for, yeah, your my reasons reading, for
17: refusing? Yeah,
3: uh, S7 gasp, and NPPF 78.
4: Are you going to mention harm?
3: Yes. <laughs> there is harm. There is a, a, a harm to the, um, the vistas, natural, natural landscape. It's harm in terms of landscape. That is the harm. The harm is the loss of open vistas across valuable landscape. A
25: view is not a
19: planning issue. Sorry,
3: Sorry, sorry. loss of loss of a view from someone's home, diminishing the value of their home, is not a planning matter. But views from members of the public walking their dogs, everyone's entitled to enjoy our valuable beautiful landscape across the agriculture. You may may not agree, you you may make faces but um, there, there is value to that and if we start belittling that value we might as well all give up. So our Bible, the NPPF, talks about these in detail and if you want to go into the detail we can but our development plan, we are here to look at policy in our development plan, we have policy that, that relates to the value of, of landscape and we have NPPF very clear on, 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 on the value of landscape and therefore the harm is when you lose that value, that is harm.
19: Can I to just come in as, as Chairman and, and just ask all councillors to listen to um, Nigel Brown's views as well as our own councillors. They are very important and they know, do have a lot of more knowledge and certainly I do. Um, I, have a propo- I have a proposer for refusal. Do I have a seconder? Because I'm going to put this to the vote. Do I have a seconder? I have a seconder, Councillor back. We so have a proposal for refusal for this application, those in favour of refusal, please show. Those in favour. One,
9: two, three, four. Four in favour of refusal.
19: Those against refusal. One,
9: two, three, four it's down to you, Mr Chairman.
19: Well, I'm sorry, but it is a difficult one, um, and I've sat here and listened to everybody speaking. Um, I'm going to vote against the refusal on, my thoughts are, really the affordable homes, so I will vote against refusal.
23: Mm-hmm. Chairman, I'm happy to propose that we yep. then we have to have another vote now.
19: Correct. Do I have a proposal for acceptance yes, of this, I um, that planning application? Councillor Freeman. That. Do I, I have a second Councillor okay. Ayton. Those in favour of acceptance? One, two, three,
9: four, five
19: those against
9: one do we have any abstentions please one two three four thank you
19: the application is accepted Um, I think we'll have a five minute five or six minute break please thank
26: you That
9: was part of, court, it? Part of the court,
26: I'm <laughs> Please hold your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold your meeting has been
17: temporarily adjourned.
26: Please hold your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
27: Please hold your
26: meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold your meeting has been temporarily adjourned Please hold your meeting has been temporarily adjourned
27: Please hold your
26: meeting has been temporarily adjourned Please hold your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
27: Please hold your meeting
26: has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold your meeting 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 has been temporarily adjourned.
27: Please hold your meeting
26: has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold your meeting 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 has been temporarily adjourned.
27: Please hold your meeting has
26: been temporarily adjourned. Please hold your meeting has 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 been
17: temporarily adjourned.
26: Please hold your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. 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 Please hold your meeting has been
17: temporarily adjourned.
26: Please hold your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. 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 Please hold your meeting has been
17: temporarily adjourned.
26: Please hold your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
27: Please hold your
26: meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold your 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 meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
27: Please hold your
26: meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
0: Thank you, let's just resume. Um councilors Unfortunately, we have have had some information that's come in. Can you hear me? Sorry? Yes. Unfortunately, we've had some information that's come in slightly late and that we need to read for this next application, the UTT 192545 at Crossways. Um, So it's on the second page. Is it second page?
4: Second and third
0: page.
4: Yes, basically, we had the. This is the sub reps. They've been sitting here, and I've been going, they should be on your desks. Um, so there's um, some House and the Parish Council comments. Yeah, I think before you start, it's just worth reading. It starts on the second page of the of the report and then goes through, and then there's an addendum at the end in terms Marcus of... Have you, mm-hmm. you might have done on Chesterford, you never know, but that's good. So we'll dip back out again and give you five minutes. Rather, I'm not going to sit and watch you read.
26: Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold. Your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold. Your meeting has been
17: temporarily adjourned.
26: Please hold. Your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold 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 your meeting has been
17: temporarily adjourned.
26: Please hold your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
27: Please hold your
26: meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold your 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 meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
27: Please hold your
26: meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold your 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 meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
0: Okay, moving on. UTT192545, full application at Crossways Station Road, Elsinham. Thank you. Sorry, Johnson. I'm Jonathan Um, Jonathan, Mr. Doe. Jonathan Doe, thank you.
25: Thank you, Chair. This site is uh, that of a property known known as Crossways uh, Station Road, Elsinham. Here's a map of the site. This site is a sustainable location. Um, the mini roundabouts with High Street are shown to the south of the map there. The railway station is off the off the map, but um, is within walking distance. There's a recreation ground to the west. The site is um, the one where the cursor is going around now. As you'll see from this map, there is a a range of plot sizes uh, in the locality. The very general pattern is that built forms tend to pretty much fill up their plot widths and I think this map illustrates that but I'll go through slides showing um, neighbouring properties. This is the the property itself. It was, of course, uh, the subject of one of your site visits. Uh, This is the way the site has appeared for quite some time. The the gates were open at the time of your site visit. As you can see, it's, to say the least, becoming an untidy site, the the hedges along the front. This uh, photograph was taken from the Croft. Uh, a small residential cul-de-sac road to the east on the opposite side of the road. Um, the site has been vacant for some time, some two years I believe. This is a view of the site from the south-east. Um, it doesn't show the whole of the property to the south, I have a photograph of that later. The property is, has been at one time quite a, quite a handsome property. I talk about that in the, in the agenda report, it forms part of the officer report. Uh, You'll see there why many local people like the appearance of it, but um, I'll, I'll talk about that in more detail um, as part of the design section what I would like to bring to your attention is the um, the hedge on the right hand side of the photograph Essex County Council, the local highway authority have now written in um, they make, well essentially they have no objection from a highway and transportation perspective the impact of the proposal is acceptable to the highway authority subject to the following measures Um, Vegetation along the site frontage should be trimmed, not overhang the highway. By which I, I take them to mean the, the footway. Uh, Chair, apologies. The the comment from the highway authority came in late. Could I ask that the the standard issues that they raise be added to the conditions, if your members are minded to approve. Thank you, Chair. Moving on to the next slide. This shows the hedge again, but it, it shows the property to the north, the property to the right hand side. Uh, showing the existing figure access which would be used for the three properties proposed. Is an artist's impression of the site as designed. Um, this, you'll see it shows the hedge at a low height to show off the houses. You'll see there is a condition on the agenda. Officers feel that the existing hedge, although it should be trimmed off the footway, should be retained at a height of two meters so that the image don't rely on the image too much. Here's the image from the upper angle from the, uh, the northeast of the site. What I would just like to point out is uh, what this shows is that the the integral garages would form single storey front bays with with a gable feature and um, there are fairly strong gable features to the proposed houses. This is the uh, front elevation drawings. Um, materials would bring the changes, but there is a unity to the the design. Um, and officers feel that overall, this this approach would fit neighbouring properties. This this shows the. Uh, The layout, uh, I'll refer to the front building line later, but it it shows the single-storey front bays which breaks up the solidity of the front elevations, it is felt. Uh, This is the roof plan. This uh, slide shows two things, the ground floor accommodation uh, and the car parking arrangement officers feel that the parking is acceptable and I hope that this slide illustrates why that conclusion has been reached. Each property would have an integral garage, um, indicated here, here and here. The garage is, in the officer's opinion, not wide enough for two um, vehicles, although that point is a point of dispute but I won't get bogged down in the detail because this this illustration shows that two cars can park in front of the garage. You can certainly get one car in the garage, no doubt about it. Visitor parking where well you'll see that there is a block-paved um, driveway which would have a, something of an air of a communal um, look about it something of, of a communal character screened behind the hedge which I'm sure you all saw on site um, having looked at this aspect in quite some detail officers are um, are content with the car parking provision in terms of the, the ground floor it, um, fairly standard arrangement hallway and then uh, open plan, kitchen, living room to uh, fairly generous back gardens which in turn back onto the recreation ground. This shows the uh, the first floor arrangement Uh, the properties in question are all four bedrooms. Coming back to the design because uh, the parish council and and, uh, a number of the uh, Maven's letters refer to this, um, you'll see that the property to the south has a, uh, a distinct front cable feature and fills the plot um, quite substantially. This is the property to the north, the property to the upper side. Sorry, it's not a very good photo, but you can make out that there is a uh, a gable feature to the property to the north. And with regard to the quality of the the house to be demolished, also the annex would be demolished and a a sizeable detached property, uh, the the property has been um, quite distinctive, but now has been crowded in on and has been changed quite significantly. This photo shows the UPVC windows. Um, those of you that were on the site, as it would have seen, that the, the property is in a bad state. This is uh, the view inside the site it is quite an interesting building but you don't see this from the road and as you can see it's it's in a poor state of repair <coughs> and the property has been changed the the central feature is not an original feature with regard to the front building line and the filling of the plot this I think best illustrates that um, the existing house is shown in this plan and the proposed houses would be set slightly behind that. The annex would be demolished, the double garage would be demolished, and uh, the proposed dwellings would fit the front building line in the officer's opinion. It's also worth pointing out that uh, the cross-hatched element would be two-storey, whereas the the single-storey base has shown uh, with single hatching. So having looked at the design, having looked at the car parking, it is the officer's opinion that uh, given the sustainable location, given that this is previously developed land, um, Chair, officer's opinion is that of approval subject to conditions and in addition the highways comments. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very
0: much, Mr Dunn. Um We have... Three, four speakers, I believe. And first one is Councillor Lees.
28: Thank you very much, Councillor Lees. No, I'll try and be quick. We've got people behind me, and I know some people are going out tonight. <laughs> I want to be seated down by seven. Uh, just really quickly, um, this is really tricky, isn't it? You've answered the point very much so about why people in the village think this is a, a visual asset. Um, and you can see why we don't have that many of them. But I think you've argued that quite well and the house is in disrepair, and we get that. So I think really, uh, I mean you've been to say today already that as much as people don't want that house to be demolished, for various reasons, visual asset and also the people that lived there before were real stalwarts of the village. It's more the fact of the infill here. You've been and had a look. You saw the busy road. Um, Lynn and John actually only had one car and that was pretty enough tricky to get in and out across the crossways where the, so there's crossways, which is the cold step before, which is just before as you come out just to your right. Um, So I would just like to say that I'm really appreciative that you've gone down the UDC representation for parking. Our only concern is I'm not too sure whether it's actually deliverable, um, particularly considering that we're talking about parking, but we also know that lots of people drive those, um, you know, the Nissan cars, or the cash cars or whatever they are, huge things, and how people would get in and out. And we are really concerned about that road. Two doors up, one, two, three three doors up, is the doctor's surgery. And Station Road is jam packed. The Doctor's Surgery has five parking spaces, six parking spaces, and mainly for staff. I'm not sure whether th- we are not sure whether three houses is really achievable here. Two, absolutely. And I think that Elston Parish Council and the people of Elston, as much as we have had over 55% development where we are, no one's standing there and going, not anymore, we don't want. What we're saying is, what we want is houses that are in line with the street and that make sure no other parking comes into that road. And just to be clear, the house on to the next door this way to the right as you go up towards the station, that has parking for three and a half cars. The lady behind me can fit at least four, maybe possibly five cars in her driveway. I can fit five cars in my driveway. The people next door to me, can fit four to five cars in their driveway. So we are not impacting on the road. If we have three houses here, and it is filling it up all to the boundary with all to the parking spaces, then we perceive that it's going to be jolly tricky. If you are minded for approval in any way, we would really like you to put some conditions that the staff don't park outside the house while they're building on it, because the house, will, the road will become to an absolute standstill, which has happened in the past. And my one other little concern, if I may, is there isn't any mention of the ditch at the back of the property. It's definitely in the land registry for them. How do we know this? Because the Seegers had a seven-year fight with Elstern Parish Council that they owned that ditch. So just to be sure, and I think they've been here and discussed it, Nigel. Mr Seek has been on this seat and mentioned it more than once. Um, so there's a ditch at the back. That ditch at the back takes the flooding from the recreation ground. Again, how do I know this? Because I live on that street and the ditch goes up and behind my house as well. So there isn't any mention about what they're going to do with that ditch. I'm concerned, and it is me, that their landfill all of that going right over to the boundary, nobody's mentioned what they're going to do with the ditch. Is there anything else, Graham? Yeah. Okay, Councillor Watts speaking, so... Yeah, yeah, no, I was just yeah. double-checking. <laughs> okay. I want to be under my five minutes, but do- Dr Mott's following me, so anything I've missed, packed up. So please, please, please consider that parking. Um, you saw the road today. You've got to look at um, what happened, you know, the cumulative effects of this building. And if you are minded to approval, then please put conditions that people don't park outside. Thanks. Thank you very much, Councillor Lees. Mrs. Pudwell.
8: Good afternoon. Um, My name is Anka Pudwell. I'm a chartered civil engineer and I live in Station Road, um, two houses away from Crossways. Uh, Crossways is an attractive, well-built and structurally sound uh, late Victorian house one of the few historical properties in Elzenam. It makes a positive contribution to the street scene and the view as seen from the playing field. Uh, Many residents have strongly objected to the demolition of this house. Um, Elzenam would um, lose part of its history which cannot be recovered. Uh, This full planning application is missing key plan dimensions. Uh, It's missing height, elevations of existing house and adjacent properties. It does does not reflect the existing conditions in terms of drainage ditch, hedges and trees, and no structural survey was submitted. Therefore, I am perplexed uh, as to why the case officer has even validated this application without asking uh, for this information to be provided. Um, The officer's report, I'm afraid, is flawed, um, as the proposal has been inappropriately classified as infill, uh, which is policy H3, Um, it should have been classified as replacement dwelling uh, policy H7. The proposal violates uh, policies Gen 2, H7, Gen 3, Gen 8 and Gen 1 for the following reasons. Uh, The ridge height is not shown Um, the officer thinks it's a maximum of 8, however my calculations show it's 8.5 metres. This is an excessive height when compared with the 6.2 and 6.8 metres height of the adjacent buildings. Uh, At the rear, the proposed new build extends six to eight meters beyond the building line of the existing house. Um, The proposed dwellings are crammed in. Uh, Two of them extend up to their boundary, uh, which could cause issues with maintenance. And uh, Such excessive height and mass of the new build will cause significant adverse (coughs) impact on neighboring properties in terms of overbearing and overshadowing, Um, in particular on the properties to the north uh, during the winter months. Uh, the elevations of the adjacent houses are not shown, as I said, and no doubt because they would demonstrate uh, that the proposal is out of scale and character with the neighbouring properties. Uh, towards um, the rear of the property, uh, but well within it, there is a drainage ditch. Uh, this ditch uh, continues to the back of my garden, as well as, um, as you've seen, uh, Councillor Elise and uh, far beyond. Um, It is uh, two and a half meters wide at the top and um, approximately uh, three-quarters of a meter deep. It drains part of the playing field, it provides uh, flood attenuation and it protects properties from flooding in the wet winter months. Uh, The design requires the ditch to be filled in to create uh, usable uh, garden space Uh, and this could uh, cause potential flooding to neighboring properties. the, car, the parking provision I've noticed it has changed since the uh, latest um, revised drawing on the on the um, website. Um, and um, yes, in your in the officer's report, it, uh, it stated the garages alone provide adequate parking, but I've noticed that was now revised. Uh, because that was incorrect. Um, if only one car is parked in front of property number two, the access to property number one would be blocked. Uh, no turning circles have been shown to, uh, to demonstrate that uh, uh, the cars can actually turn around their cars to, to leave the property uh, facing forward. And uh, such inadequate parking provision will inevitably cause overspill parking on Station Road and opposite the junction with the Croft. This will prejudice road safety and significantly inconvenience the flow of traffic. Uh, in summary, um, Crossways should not be allowed to be digitally demolished as, as it, it could be renovated. Um, and this is not an infill site, it's a replacement dwelling. And the proposed development is uh, too large for this location. It has an excessive height and mass and does not provide adequate parking. Uh, The ditch must be maintained as it is part of an existing um, drainage system and um, uh, this is not a sustainable development and would cause more harm than benefit. Uh, The proposal is in conflict with planning policies Gen 2, Gen 3, Gen 8, Gen 1 and uh, and H7. And on this basis I ask the planning committee to refuse this application. And thank you for listening to me and I have sketches and calculations which support my statement and I'm happy to share them with the committee if required.
0: Thank you very much, Mrs Puddley, well good, thank you. Dr Mott, thank you very much.
29: (coughs) Madam Chairman, it's my privilege to be the Chairman of Elston Parish Council and I speak on behalf of the Parish Council. Madam Chairman, I have to say I'm annoyed, I'm very annoyed. I will try to contain my anger and explain to you why. I'm annoyed by the fact that our representations, made in good time, have been relegated to the position of supplementary representations and that the members of the committee were given just five minutes or so to try and hurry through reading them before the meeting. Let me explain supplementary representations Uh, Look at the first one, Great Chesterford Parish Council, those are representations in the light of the Delegated Officer's Report. Their representations, let me explain, the application was first lodged on the 11th of October, subsequently it was revised three times, the last on the 20th of November, with a deadline for representations a fortnight later on the 4th of December. We did its best to keep up with these shifting deadlines. It was it was moved twice, but we did so. And we submitted our objections on the deadline, the 4th of December. The officer's report is dated the 9th of December, five days after our response. And yet the report says that the parish council has not responded. Earlier, the officer said that highways have now written in highways made their representation on the 26th of november madam chairman eight days eight days before the deadline and and it sounded as if they'd just written in five minutes ago yes i am annoyed our clerk wrote to planning on the 10th of december pointing out the error pointing out the error in the officer's report where he says we had not written in we got no reply at the clerk vote again, this time we got a reply from Mr Brown. the report was drafted by the office in advance of the extended deadline for your council's response. That makes it sound as if we, the council, were given an extended deadline. We weren't. There was no extension. The deadline was the 4th of December. Our response went in on the 4th of December. I object to the fact that it's been, that it's been relegated to this yellow sheet. Right. I will now try to calm myself and give you the speech that I had prepared because I had prepared a speech of five minutes, four minutes, fifty seconds. And This is something like how it goes, but there might be one or two um, improvisations along the way. Apparently, no I've said that bit. okay, calming down a bit, right, there are issues there were several objections which could have been addressed if the officer had read the parish council submission before making his report, which he didn't, as I said. The first is parking. Okay, we've now got a revised. A revised um, uh, uh, um, plan concerning parking, which again has been foisted on us at the last moment. I hadn't seen that, as as, as members of this committee hadn't. I hadn't seen that until it came up just now. That is singularly unconvincing. The officer's report had said on Section 7, under other materials considerations, ECC parking standards and UDC parking standards, but at Section 11 colon 20, he says... The four-bedroomed houses would require two parking spaces each to meet the relevant parking standard. Clearly that's wrong because um, Uttersford's parking standards, as we all know, uh, were promulgated as long ago as 2013 and they say for a house with four or more bedrooms, three spaces must be provided. They all have four bedrooms, they need three spaces. If one visitor space is added and you do need one, um, according to your own guidelines, then you should be showing ten spaces there. Even with this revised and singularly implausible and unconvincing revision, I don't see ten. I, I do. I am not at all convinced that the two in the centre, that there would be sufficient space behind them for access, particularly to the house on the right as we look at it there, If you look at the two proposed parking spaces on the end, how do the people in those uh, cars get those out if the parking spaces next to those two are filled? Again, that is not at all clear, and there isn't ten shown there anyway. There's only nine. So clearly, this must fail on parking, and parking alone, the under-provision, is sufficient for the application to be refused. Secondly, the ditch, Councillor uh, Lees as has mentioned that. I won't go into that again because we've had both Councillor Lees and Mrs Potherwell, both live on Station Road and know all about the ditch. Thirdly, clearly, these are replacement dwellings. There is one substantial house and one detached annex on the site at present, as I, I'm sure you saw this morning. It's proposed to be placed there with three houses, Knock down the existing dwellings, build new ones. Knock them down, build them up. Replacement—that's what you mean by replacement. The officer's report, however, assesses the application against policy H7, uh, which is new homes within development limits. Whereas obviously it should be assessed against H. Sorry, he assesses it against H3. H3, he assesses. New homes within development limits. Obviously, it should be H7 replacement dwellings, together with the supplementary planning uh, document on replacement dwellings, the SPD replacement dwellings. The Parish Council, in the submissions which you've now got before you on this uh, wretched yellow paper, um, that shows that it is clearly in in breach of as many as seven of the provisions in the SPD on replacement dwellings, notably numbers 5, 12 and 15. Um, we quote seven of them together. If I'm going to pick one out of those um, three which I picked out of the seven. I'll refer you to number 12 which says that a replacement will be allowed only where the existing building does not make a cos- uh, positive contribution to the local character of the area. Well clearly it does the existing building has great character, and it makes a great contribution, both from the front and, more importantly, from the rear. Whereas I hope you saw this morning, there are clear and, to my mind, impressive views, which give pleasure, from the rear, from the uh, uh, from the playing field, from the tennis courts, from the uh, bowls club, and from the children's playground. All that area, which is some respects the centre of the village as as far as leisure is concerned and that building stands there four square and gives pleasure and so that um, provision number 12 it fails because it also says where the replacement will result in a visual improvement Refer you also particularly to 5 12 and 15 and the several others um, uh, we are quoting all 4, 5, 6, 12, 15, 16, and 21. Okay, it also breaches Gen Mort, 2 on Mr. design. Mr Mott, Mr Mott, got something. sorry, I,
0: I've given you, I have given you some extra time and I do appreciate that you were very cross yes, about the beginning. but If you could just...
29: I will wind up, Madam Chair. Yes, thank you, thank w- you very I, much. I, sh- I have literally got to my last paragraph, which is short.
4: Okay. Thank you very much.
29: It also breaches Gen 2 on design. All right, summarising Madam Chairman very briefly then, the procedure was all wrong. The officer didn't take the uh, the parish council's objections into account and I didn't have the chance to see the officer's response to those objections, if any. He clearly decided in advance that um, it was going to be recommended for approval and that I suggest is predetermination. Um, On issues of substance, number one, parking. Uh, the application fails Gen 8 and UDC's parking standards. Number two, the ditch fails on Gen 3. And thirdly, um, it contravenes H7 on replacement drillings and the SBD on replacement drillings and also Gen 2 on design. I do apologise for overrunning, Madam Chairman. I do apologise as well for getting angry. But frankly, if planning did things properly, it wouldn't have happened. Thank you very much for your indulgence, Madam. I'm grateful.
0: Don't apologise, it's fine. Thank you very much. Um, Now we have Mr Mike McGar.
30: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, Madam Chair. My name is Mike McGar, I'm the planning agent for the owners of Crossways. As you'll be aware that the application that uh, is being reviewed today is the second submission officially. But This is a submission that has been reviewed and reworked many times, working very closely with the planning department to arrive at the submitted three units as proposed. The fact that we're actually here today at committee is something of a surprise, as this application was called in by the councillor, Councillor Petrina Lees. Councillor Leeds asked for the application to be considered by the Planning Committee if the officer recommendation was for approval. The reasons given in making the call-in request were on the grounds of significant local interest, inappropriate landfill, and along with too little car- parking space. We do need to be clear about these matters that local interest has stated is not really a planning issue. I appreciate that it's important to locals, but it's not a planning issue. And the other items of planning policy are all covered under the LDP and the NPPF. The car parking within the design and layout conforms to MPPF standards, as does the design and the layout. The interest that is shown locally is a two edged sword. The local parish council added the details to their public website in an effort to create a negative response. But in fact, this backfired, and all the comments received on the website were either positive or bar one that was negative, whereas all the other comments were supportive and agreeing to the development. The Uttersford Planning Officer has supported the application and the site you will have seen earlier today consists of a large red brick house in poor order, having reached its period of usefulness. The property benefits from a separate separate single dwelling. It's being listed as an annex, but it is a single dwelling, to the rear of the main dwelling, making two existing dwellings on the site currently. The application looks to increase this by one, making a total of three dwellings. The recommendation by the planning officer, Jonathan Doe, shows in depth the reasons why the application should be approved and why the application does conform to policy, both local and national. The application was allocated as a delegated office decision and maybe should have remained so, that should have remained that status. But following due process, the application is now before you and is again recommended for approval with all matters of the calling dealt with. I hope that the committee will agree that the design, the layout, and the submission does indeed meet the requirement and provides three desirable properties in a sustainable area. And we would ask the committee to support the officer's recommendation. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much, Mr.
4: McGar. Um,
30: I
0: think Mr. Brown has would like to say something.
30: Just to
4: clarify stuff on the procedural issues, I think, to be honest with you, the I think members need to realise, and I think members do appreciate this, that the report isn't written the day before that the matter is dispatched by by the um, develop, de- Democratic Services. The matter is dispatched. I think it was dispatched on the 9th. I think that was the date it was dispatched. Okay. Um, the report was written probably a week before that, and so therefore, and so the report was finalised before the parish's comments had been raised. So at the time of writing, Jonathan's report was absolutely spot on, we hadn't received those comments. There is then a period, and it's not a dead period, because there's quite a lot of periods for, for both myself to finalise the report, and also for Democratic Services to dispatch the report within the reporting times. So. The report had, we had not received the report, the comments. were comments, I apologise to the parish that i said that they were late when they, you know, there was an extended period they weren't, but was, was, they were receiving the period, but the write-up for the committee had already happened at that particular point. But you have been, you have read those comments, and I should also add that not all of you read it for the first time today. Some of you read it, didn't read it today, because you'd already checked it and seen it on the website. So some people have, some members have done I'm not relying on you to do that, but some of you have done that. So it didn't come into light for the first time today that it's been on our website. So just picking that up. I would also pick up the other issue. We've heard quite a lot about whether this is an infill plot or whether it's a replacement dwelling is infill. It is quite rightly a development within the development limits and that, therefore that is where the discussion, all the discussions about character and car parking are very relevant and that's what you need to be considering but it is quite clearly we're looking at a development whereby we're replacing knocking down one dwelling and building three dwellings in between two other dwellings, that's infill development as far as we're concerned it's immaterial anyway, it's development within development limits within the settlement we're not talking about any loss of countryside or fields here we're talking about development within development limits all the other issues in terms of car parking Issues in terms of streets, and you can take into account, but you cannot mute point to whether it's a replacement dwelling or whether it's an infill development. Mm-hmm. So we'll leave it there, and I think members have heard enough now and want to get on with this.
0: Councillor Freeman.
23: Yes, getting on is always a good idea. Um, I, I, I have looked at this already on the web. because you can get more more plans to your uh, availability. Very simply, I. The loss of the house is there already, it's dilapidated. Of course, houses become dilapidated if you let them become dilapidated. It's not an argument. Of course, quite often somebody buys a house and then an houses become dilapidated. And then later on comes to all committee and says, look, we're going to solve it for you. We're going to knock down that dilapidated whatever. There's several I can take you around in Newport, for example, that are just waiting. It's like wine, it has to mature. Um, so, unless the house was listed, which I don't believe it was, uh, there's nothing you can do about that. It's just the way of it. My view view of this is it's overdevelopment of the site. Um, it's being tightly packed in. It's okay. It's quite nice. And in some parts of the country, I think it could work very well. I think this is overdevelopment. I think it should be two dwellings instead of three. It's being greedy, having three. Uh, and I think the car parking would be tricky. On that site, you'd need to be a fairly skilled driver to pack them all in like nice sardines. So I will be voting against. This, because I think it's just overdeveloping the site, basically.
9: Um,
19: Councillor Lemon. Um, yes, I'd just like to ask the question of uh, uh, Nigel Brown. Um, does the parking on this site meet the standards of Essex County Council and Uttersford District Council?
4: Yeah, in Uttersford council is what we're talking about, mm-hmm. which is which is reply. It's two. It's three because they're four bedrooms. It's three. Place spaces per dwelling plus one visitor space. It's a moot point where we need visitor space, but in this particular location, I think it probably makes sense. So we're looking at it needs nine, and there's nine proposed. The garages are oversized, so there is a moot point where there are two spaces, but we're only counting them as one, so it does comply with policy.
16: Councillor Loughlin. Thank you. Uh, Well, I tend to agree with the Council of Freeman, but uh, I didn't bring it today, but the supplementary planning document, um, which the parish council have quoted, uh, says that the council will only usually grant planning permission for the replacement of buildings, which are lawful, which it clearly is structurally unsound, and nobody has said that it isn't, or poorly constructed, which it wasn't. Uh, A replacement will only be allowed where the existing building does not make a positive contribution to the local character of the area, and where the replacement will result in visual improvement to the site and the surrounding area. Well, I don't believe this will make a visual improvement. Elsenham has been built on and built on and built on. There's not much left of the original village, and this is part of the original village. And whereas somebody, I think, Councillor Gerard was talking about a view earlier, I think a character of the village, at which this clearly is, once this is destroyed, it's gone forever. It won't come back and we will be replacing it with three and I, you know, with with respect to the architect, my daughter-in-law is an architect, um, you know, non-entical buildings if you like, they're they're just the same as any other building, they're all going to be identical. This will not be replaced. Uh, So I feel, uh, I don't know what policy I can, it may be designed um, but I don't think I can take this away from El I don't think it's my, in my gift to destroy something that has been there for many years, and it's a positive contribution to the village. Councillor Storer.
15: Thank you, Chair. Just in response to Councillor Loughlin's point, if I may, um, you will recall, I'm sure, that uh, I've addressed the Council twice now with regard to policy eight-seven replacement dwellings and the supplementary planning document replacement dwellings. And all I can do is reiterate what Nigel Brown has said, these are not replacements. There are two dwellings, I think, on the site, there were this morning when I was there, The proposal is to demolish them and build three. That's not replacement. I have, you'll be thrilled to know, definition, Colin's definition of replacement here, I'm sure it's apparent from the documents anyway, but under the heading, an uncountable noun, whatever that is, I've never heard the term before, but it says, if you refer to the replacement of one thing by another, you mean that the second thing takes the place of the first. To knock down one or two and Bill 3 is not a replacement. The current policy and the SPD do not apply, they are irrelevant in this context, which Mr Brown already pointed out.
3: Thank you. Mm
0: -hmm. Councillor Gerard.
3: Yeah, thank you Chair. Um, Yeah, I'm inclined to agree actually. Um, Councillor Freeman put it quite well. I mean, this, you know, it's, it's not a bad scheme. Uh, probably look quite good in Notting Hill. Uh, not sure Station Road, Elselham works for me. I mean, I was there yesterday. I saw it in London. It, it works. It looks very urban to me. I do think it's been greedy. I think a, a two-house scheme would be terrific in that location with ample parking and ample space and turning circles and so on. I do think three. I think it is too, too tight. Uh, I do know Station Road well. I've had the pleasure of seeing Councillor Lees' house and, and her houses around there are generous in size. Uh, the space is downstairs. between, only downstairs, of course. Um, but um, I, I, don't think, I don't think it is, um, I think in terms of design, I think it is overdevelopment, over I, mean, I agree. On the parking as it stands, I don't see how the parking can work. I don't see how the extreme parking spaces can allow for proper turning. Um, I'm not, I mean, mean, I'm a pretty good parker, I I don't know how how you could actually You reverse out and back, I mean, it's very difficult. So I'm inclined to agree and I think that, I just don't think it's going to work, so I'm inclined to agree to uh, refuse. Okay,
0: Okay. so, Councillor Freeman, that was a proposal from you?
23: Uh, That can be a proposal, madam, yes.
4: (laughs) Thank you. I like
23: know oh, I don't need to wrap it up, but I will wrap it up in planning in
4: planning policies. You're concerned about character of the area, overdevelopment of the area, which is obviously fits into Gen two straight away. The issue is whether you want to mention car parking in terms of arithmetic, car parking works, but members have been raising issues about Councillor Gerard's
23: point about whether or not it's contrived. I, I, I don't I, think it is contrived, but it, may but I suggest that one of the requirements I would put here is that uh, forward entry and forward exit should be a requirement. Now it will be difficult when that parking area is fully accommodated to make sure you don't end up reversing out onto the high street. Yeah. I, I, would, I
4: would suggest actually, I would, I would just, over just mentioned it to me as well, not only, ge- it's a policy you don't hear very often, but a policy S3 is development within the development limits and that mentions character and stuff like that as well. So you can mention S3 and Gen 2 in terms of character there and that's clearly part of the discussion, and Gen 8 we can wrap it up to actually say all over, you know, we can do some of that.
13: (coughs) (coughs) Councillor Bagnum. You might have answered the question, but one thing that was nagging me was the the building's either side of the proposed development, so the street scene looks to go up and down, so it looks like it's not in keeping, but if you've covered that, Gen Gen 2 would cover that, I think. (coughs) Oh, okay. That's fine.
0: Okay, so a seconder. Councillor Gerard, you? Because you spoke you spoke to that. So, okay. So we have a proposal to refuse this proposed by Councillor Freeman, seconded by Councillor Gerard. Um, so can we take a vote on refusal of this application, please?
5: Those in
0: favour? All those in favour, sorry, to refuse. Sorry.
9: One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten?
17: Ten. Yeah. Yeah.
9: Any against? One and one abstention, thank you. Oops. What
2: <laughs>
14: Moving on, UTT nineteen <laughs> two double
0: five seven application, the new farmhouse Kears Green, 8th Fort and
25: it's Jonathan Doe again, thank you Jonathan Thank you Chair, um, the new farmhouse has a side garden which forms the site um, in terms of the general setting, you've got the Dunmo Road to the west on the left hand side there, this is part of Kears Green um, the, the site itself is between the new house new farmhouse and Clarendon, the house to the west. Here's a photo looking to the east, showing the front of the site, there's um, remains of a hedge that will uh, will grow back, uh, it would appear. Looking into the site, the house on the right hand side to the east is existing. This is looking in the upper direction to the west, you'll note that there's a a neighbouring property um, with a double garage but then uh, then two storeys in another element of it. Looking into the site, a deep site, the tree would remain at the end there. This is the block plan, the hedge at the front would be retained, there's a condition to that effect. The garage would point out as a single-storey bay, and this has been commented on by the parish council, but uh, you'll get an impression there, I'm just sweeping the cursor across, it does fit the general front building line. Uh, A more detailed plan. Um, Incidentally, these are parking spaces. The garage is this element here. Front elevation, some comments have said it's too contemporary, but um, first of all, the house would be well set back, there would be some hedging retained. I think what's being referred to is these flat-roofed elements, which are a relatively small element of the scheme as a whole. This shows the house uh, in relation to the existing property, in relation to new farmhouse. And you'll see that in terms of bulk and scale, it's it's smaller. Side elevation um, from the from the west. This would be the garage. Uh, the upper side. Rear elevation. Um, this is a very different type of site to the previous one, it definitely is a rural location, but the the fundamental issue in in balancing things up is that outline planning permission already exists. There's been some comment from neighbours, parish council, that uh, it was envisaged that a bungalow was the subject of the outline planning permission. That is not so. Outline planning permission has been given for a dwelling, furthermore this illustration is um, is of outline planning permission referenced above and it does show front dormers and in point of fact the plans, ok they were indicative plans but the, the outline plans did show a garage that stuck forward and um, and to my eye indicates a a one-and-a-half storey dwelling at least. So uh, what is proposed in this full application really isn't that much different to what was indicated um, in the outline planning commission. It it is a typical infill plot, as you'll see, new farmhouse to the right-hand side, Clarendon house to the left-hand side. Thank you Chair, that concludes my report. Thank you very much Jonathan.
0: Um, We have three speakers. We have uh, Mr Ian Coward.
31: Uh, Good afternoon. Um, I'm a planning agent and I've been instructed by one of the local residents to come along today. I note that the uh, application has been referred to committee by a councillor, and that the officer's report recalls five separate letters of objection, which in proportion to the number of actual properties at Keir's Green is actually quite high. The site's not a sustainable one, but of course we have to accept the outline planning permission. This approved the principle of a dwelling, but this second stage where the detail is submitted for approval is clearly very important as it confirms precisely what will build. In preparing our objection, we've tracked back to the original application and, of course, you've seen that this was supported by an illustrative street scene and this showed much more traditional and subdued property set comfortably within its plot. Uh, A quote from the officer's report, which is particularly pertinent, is that following conversations with the local planning authority, the applicant revised his proposal to reduce the floor area of the development this report is based on the amended scheme. So, that was there was a reduction at outline stage. Now, the outline, of course, did not specify the floor space, but with time, it seems that the scheme has become bigger again, so that the sensible negotiations at outline stage have been lost. Added to this, the site was in, within the setting of eight separate listed buildings. This creates a unique heritage context for this application and we don't feel that this has been addressed either in any written material application stage or in fact with the design of the proposal itself. The half-hip, the photovoltaics, the modern glazing, the confused front elevation bears no relationship to the listed buildings which are seen in the immediate locality. It is simply too large. A certain expectation was established at outline stage and it is clear that there was a reduction in bulk as negotiated with officers at that time and we've, we've highlighted the reference. It is entirely open to members to conclude that this is not the right scheme for this site, and to determine accordingly. Just to clarify, we of course accept there's going to be a dwelling. We're, we're not dealing with that issue. It's this very specific design. Thank you very much.
0: This Thank you. Thank you. Uh, is Stephen
1: Wright. Thank you for allowing me to address the committee and explain why there is such Mr. Oh, button. Right. button. beg your pardon. Sorry. Um thank you for allowing me to address the committee and to explain why there is such passionate local opposition to this application. Unfortunately the parish council can't be here today, but they did oppose the ap- they did oppose the application, as I'm sure you've seen in the documentation. I live in Clarendon House, which is Immediately next door to the proposed development, Kears Green is a small hamlet of around 30 houses and farms. Many homes date back hundreds of years, many are thatched, many are listed. More recently built properties, including mine, are all of considerate and traditional design, intended to blend in with the character and style of the hamlet, and have brought substantial improvements to Kears Green by replacing problem sites. This is actually built on the lawn of New Farmhouse. I accept the Outline Permission was granted in 2017, despite this being a non-sustainable location. This is not a community opposed to new development. The locals, Parish Council and Councillor Susan Barker, who called this to committee, have all worked together and supported an almost doubling of the number of homes in the last six years, where the developments have all been in keeping and appropriate, including the redevelopment of a derelict nursery site where my house is built. All we are appealing to the committee to do is help protect the good work done in recent years and require this application to fit in with the local character and style of Kears Green and not be allowed to spoil it. The proposal is too large for the plot, the architecture and design is out of character, it's confused and contemporary and this would be one of those buildings that would stand out for all the wrong reasons and will raise questions in the future of how could we have allowed something like this to be built. The initial outline application at New Farmhouse in 2017 was made with significant local opposition and many objections. The size was scaled back because the planning officer informed the applicant that it would be refused if it were not. Outline consent was then given for a much smaller property. The outline application only felt to be considered at full committee because the deadline had passed when the call-in request was submitted. It is accepted that Kears Green is not a sustainable location. To our horror, in the full planning application submitted this October, the proposal had grown substantially in size from what was approved at the outline stage. It is now for a very large four-bedroom property, which according to the officer's report is of 300 square metres. It will be 12 metres wide and over 13 metres in depth at its deepest point. It will dominate its narrow plot, replacing the lawn of New Farmhouse with a very large house and a substantial driveway that goes right up to my boundary. In addition to the scale concerns, the design is confused, as I mentioned, with a garage projecting from the front of the property by 5 metres, which is odd, and it uses materials that are not used in a traditional setting. The case officer mentions its aluminium window frame, zinc finishes, slate roof, and describes it as compatible with surrounding buildings. However, this is not the case. No other buildings in Kears Green has a garage projecting from the front elevation. None have al- aluminium windows, etc. And I'll stop there because of the three minutes I will not continue to point out. Other you, you
0: actually have another minute, it's four minutes. Oh sorry, said so three minutes
1: on the email that I received, yeah. apologies. Um, so, um, the, the community, its elected council and district councillor all desire a style that fits in with the surrounding and rural buildings. We do not believe that outline planning permission should ever have been granted in an unsustainable location like Kears Green, but we accept that it was and that was in 2017. And I I accept that, I I don't support it, but I have to accept it, no problem there. There, But there is no support for this application in the the local community, only objections, and multiple objections, and sadly, the community feel like they're being ignored. We therefore urge the committee to protect Kears Green from inappropriate development, Mm -hmm. and require any new development to respect the hamlets charm and character its architecture and design and its open the environment and send this application back for reworking thank you for listening to my comments i hope i've managed to portray the passion that i feel about this particular application and the passion that i have for Kiev green which is a truly wonderful community and this house will be completely out of character thank you very much
0: thank you very much very welcome. thank you um mr Alan white
32: Uh, thank you for the opportunity to address the committee. I am the owner of the proposed site and new farmhouse. Well, by way of background to the new planning application, when we applied for outline consent, my wife and I were considering moving home, but we were advised by an estate agent to at least explore planning consent as they identified the potential building block. Following the granting of the outline planning permission, we had discussions with our family concerning our future plans. We are therefore now seeking to develop the property suitable for my daughter and her family to live in as their family home. My daughter was brought up in the Hamlet and wants to bring her her own family up there as well, and she wants to be adjacent to us so that she can support our needs as we grow older, as she has seen the challenges that we face looking after my wife's 91-year-old mother who lives with us. So many observations I wanted to make with regard to the points within the various objections have been covered within the planning officer's report to the committee, but I would like to make the following observations. Mm With regard to the original application, it's pointed out that the the original application was not for a bungalow, but for a a one-and-a-half-storey house. Reference is made within the objection to the proposed dwelling being the same size and floor area as the new farmhouse. The new farmhouse is considerably larger, approximately 40% larger, being a five-double bedroom, four-reception room property. We do, however, note the comment that the post-scale is now more in keeping with the adjacent properties than the outline design. Reference has been made to the garage size. The original application was a four bedroom property with a one and a half width garage. The new application is for a four bedroom property with a single width garage. The original garage outline was 5.7 metres by 5.1 metres and the new application is 7 metres by 3.2 metres but with two metres of its length embedded into the property making the visible dimensions of the garage smaller than the original outline. Reference has also been made with with regard to the roof height um, uh, To be clear, the roof height will not exceed that of Clarendon House and is lower than that of the new farmhouse. Again, reference has been made with regard to design and materials and we are happy to work with our architect and the planning authority to make changes to the external materials if the the committee so wishes. Reference was made to the driveway being immediately adjacent to the boundary. The positioning of the driveway is unaltered from the original application and we believe there may be scope to move this approximately one metre to the right, if desired. The entrance was actually previously accessed to a commercial nursery that was used by customers and for commercial deliveries, and therefore the driveway uh, was considered more active in the past than it would be with a family dwelling. I thank you for this opportunity and hope you find to approve in line with the recommendations.
0: Thank you very much, Mr White. <laughs> Councillor Loughlin...
16: Well I was going to ask in view of the controversy about this site that we perhaps could have a site visit and actually see what we're going to uh, be voting for because it's quite difficult there and we don't see the surrounding property so that's what I would like to ask but the rest of the committee may not agree
0: Councillor Gerard.
3: Yes I was just looking on on Google Earth and actually when you look at the whole street um, and you see the surrounding homes it, it is a It does lend me to want to actually go there and see it in in person, so I'm inclined to agree. Um, I think think it's a good idea. I don't want to delay things, but I think it's probably important.
9: Excuse me, me Madam Chair, but could uh, Councillor Loughlin or Councillor Freeman please please switch that uh, mic off, please? That one. It's been
16: messing about. It's
0: not yours, Councillor Loughlin. It was the one in the
9: middle. Practice. So,
15: so. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, Councillor Lockyer, was that a proposal then to
16: defer? <laughs> uh. <laughs> Councillor Lockyer, was that a proposal? Yes, I'd to like to propose a site visit,
0: please. So, so proposal to defer, Councillor Gerard, you'd like to second that? Therefore, we have a proposal to defer, um, from Councillor Lockyer, seconded by Councillor Gerard. If I would vote for deferment for, for this proposal. Thank you. Would you like to vote in favour of deferring this proposal? Thank you.
9: One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Unanimous, I believe, Madam Chair.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank
2: you. So... i doing very well today начать начали спасибо это стояло
0: UTT 192342, full application, land adjacent to 5 Pound Gate in Stemming. And welcome to the committee, Rachel. It's the first time.
14: Thank <laughs> you. Very Rachel much. Beale, thank oh, you. Hang on.
0: Oh, you lost, Councillor. Oh.
9: Michael.
0: <laughs> we'll just wait a second.
9: He left. he left the room at 5. Oh, I don't
23: worry. You can proceed so I without him, Madam
2: Jim. <laughs> And he, he just it, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yes, we'll just proceed without him. Okay. Thank you,
14: um, The site is within Severn's development limits on the northern edge of the gate, with existing houses either side and agricultural fields to the north. The site is currently designated as garden land, as you've seen on the site visit, unused and overgrown, um, with a small unused greenhouse, shed, and garage. The application is for um, sustainable infill development with two two story detached houses of traditional design that follow the pattern of development. Each dwelling would be provided with an attached garage and two spaces in the form of a driveway to the front. Um, the garages provided meet the required sizes as with the hard standing bays to the front um, and both have good sized gardens. Um, so this is the western plot, plot one, um, living areas and garage on the ground floor and four bedrooms on the first floor. And um, this is the eastern plot, plot two, again living areas on the ground floor and garage and three bedrooms on the street scene, as you can see, reflecting
0: the scales of the neighbouring buildings, um, and just some photos of the site. And thank you. Thank you very much, Rachel. Um, I know, and um, so councilor my can't, because um, your name wasn't down here, but um, please come, if you'd like to come and speak? Thank you. Yes, it's past, past, past. <coughs>
6: I'll be brief, this is just a one issue. Um, Stebbing Parish Council had no objections to this planning application, however it does have some reservations. The Gardensfields Estate was built at the end of the 1950s, at a time when the Ford Anglia was probably the largest mass-produced family car. The garage was built to meet this size. Nearly all the houses on the estate have either converted the small space into additional residential accommodation or used the space for storage. Some of the houses um, don't even have the depth at the front to park the car on the front. Consequently, there is considerable street parking with houses in multiple occupancy and grown-up children who need a car to access work. This causes problems now for both the dust cart and delivery vehicles. The council is concerned that because of the location on the T-junction that there needs to be adequate parking on site and we really don't think there is. Um, It suggests that maybe open cart sheds um, could be used which have been used in similar circumstances in the village and increase the likelihood of of use. The other concern of the council is the parking during the building of the houses on this T-junction. It's difficult to see how it could be contained on site because the houses are so near the frontage. Um, And anywhere near the T-junction it would be dangerous. The road on the estate is narrow and so anything larger than a car or a van will cause um, an even greater obstruction. Gardenfield is home to families with small children um, and we would therefore ask that thought is given to the problem before construction starts and a plan is in operation to minimise disruption and danger to residents and is included in the detailed planning application. But the primary thing is we we really don't feel that there is adequate parking when you consider the sort of estate this is and the fact that it's on a T-junction on the access to the estate. Thank you. Thank you very much, councillors. Um, Chris Rack.
33: Good afternoon. I'm Chris Rack of Arcadia Architects. As agent, I'm in support of this proposal for two houses on the infield plot of land. I've been in regular contact with Rachel throughout the duration of the application and we've worked well together to ensure a carefully considered scheme. And I do not want to undermine Rachel by doubling up on any of the presentation. I apologise if I do. We received positive consultation responses. This includes some of the neighbouring residents, Essex County Council Place Services, and Essex County Council Highways. As you just heard, the Parish Council did not object to the application. Suggested it be brought to committee over the concerns of the impact on highway. It was suggested that the plans do not have adequate on-site parking. We have four sorry, we have one four-bed dwelling and one three-bed dwelling. Both plots meet the standards provided by Essex County Council parking standards with three spaces each. Each plot has two spaces at the larger recommended size of five and a half metres by and a garage each that both meet the larger required size of seven meters by three meters. This is easily large enough for a family car and at very least two bicycles. The nature of the development includes two new driveways which have uh, new crossovers. This will be a natural deterrent for any cars parking on the street opposite the junction. Again, this meets with the policy and has been supported by the highways department. We feel we adhere to the required policies, so we hope that this application is met with approval in line with the Office's recommendation. Many thanks. Thank you very much.
3: Thank you, Chair. Um, well, I mean, it seems like it's fairly straightforward, um, and the issue, I think, seems to me can we impose some conditions during construction to ensure that there's not blockage by trade vehicles and protecting uh, you know people that use the road and pedestrians and you know kids and so on so i personally think that it's fine if we can impose some construction <coughs> management conditions in addition to the ones you normally do something that are specific to that t junction perhaps to ensure that there aren't too many big white vans blocking the T junction. We can. I mean,
4: my, you, I'm not going to go on about my views on construction management plans because construction management plans actually concentrates the mind for the developers themselves before they start. So I think that's what you're talking about, a construction management plan. If there's specific issues in terms of, in, and I think the main issue is going to be parking of vehicles, unloading of vehicles, and stuff like that. So before they start, we have a submission of what that plan will say, and then they will adhere to. Because it. It, they should be thinking this out anyway in terms of where they're going to be parking. Because and, and, it is a tight site, when it is developing there will be some inconvenience caused, but we need to have some, some sort of control over it so we can add a construction
3: management. I if I may, because we had a similar situation in Newport when we did Reynolds Court, where a lot of the problems were caused by construction vehicles, and that was poorly managed. I'm sure we can do better.
0: Councillor yeah. Pavott.
3: Thank you, Chair. Um,
18: there's references made to being compliant with Essex County standards on car parking. and earlier today we had reference to Uttlesford's parking standards. Now is this Uttlesford compliant? Yeah. It is.
17: Yeah.
18: Okay. And and I mean bear in mind I would look at it and say fine, it's Uttlesford compliant, but it, it, there's going to be a real problem with visitors. Where are they going to park? Yeah, they're going to either go and park in the, in the road opposite or obstruct the road as it comes up towards the site um, I'm not sure I can offer a solution there. well I think sorry
4: the ultra scheme specifically takes into account adds an extra space for larger dwellings and that you know it's not you know that's what it does it adds an extra space and to be honest with you, that's always going to be the situation on development such as this, in terms of this is, a, you know, this, is a, this is the type of site that we need to be allowing to be developed, or these type, develop, type of dwellings. Construction, I can understand Councillor Jarral and, and the parish's concern about, about the construction issues, but once it's there, I think in terms of car parking spaces, compliant mm-hmm. garages, I'm assuming we've got a condition which says you can't convert the garages, uh, if not, yeah, I mean, and it's not an issue, but I mean, the, the most important thing is that we have that. So therefore, then the garage is retained as a car parking space, and then you really have done it. It's not unlike the previous schemes where you, a little bit of, you know, there may be a little bit of contrivedness involved in where this is purely does provide enough parking for the site, and the, the visitor situation is always
23: going to be the situation, and I don't think we should be going any further than that, to be honest. <coughs>
0: Councillor Freeman.
23: Yeah, which is plot one and plot two. I can't read it from here. That's one. Okay, fine. Okay, my point, Madam Chairman, is that looking at the plans that are (coughs) looking at the (coughs) try again, looking at the elevations that are on the web on our our website, the houses seem to be built so looking into each other's windows. Do you have any elevations there, please, that we can see? Uh, That's not the same as what I've got here. Fundamentally different, actually. Am I on the right planet? Well, that's right. Okay, let me go back to the drawing board and see where I can find. Okay. Anybody else? Councillor?
0: Oh, sorry, Councillor Bagnall.
23: Just a quick question on
13: on the plan. So I'm looking on the website at the block plans. And it seems to be <coughs> just different to what's up there. <coughs> Am I looking at the wrong thing? I can't see a T junction. You can see block one and block two.
0: Have you got, it, when you're looking at it, does it say Pansgate?
13: Sorry, does it say what?
5: Pansgate to your to the right of the. Uh,
13: I've got Brambles as a property.
0: Then you should have Daisy Cottage to the left.
25: It looks like it's
13: according to the sheet. I've got the right number.
4: I'll have a further round. Yeah. Yeah. That is the block plan, basically. It looks
13: completely yeah. different to yeah. well, no. like that.
23: Yeah, it's completely different plan. And then now it's. Oh, that's the reason why. Sorry, My, the, I need to check. But it, what I've looked up on the website is entirely different to what has just been shown on the screen. Right. Okay. Is that the along one? Yeah. I mean, I don't. Yeah. Can I,
4: mean, I
34: just
4: go all the way back to the very beginning? You
2: know, to see a Nigel.
22: This is the one where you came down and said yeah, it's was it has got wrong. When
2: the
4: agenda was originally set up, this is why it's that's why it's it's odd that it's the two members that the two members the one at the site visit seem to be on It's not a criticism of you not being on the site, visit, because there is an issue that there was a, a mix up initially on the reference number, and it's still the same reference number. Yeah, you're looking.
1: Yeah. It's on,
4: the, on this list, on this list, on the speaker's list, which I don't know what your speaker's list says 2342. I got oh, two yeah, four five it. two. Yeah. So the reference number on the front sheet hasn't been changed, that's what it is. So, so so yeah, if you go to here. So I can understand. What what is the correct number? What, what
1: okay. two, correct the numbers? correct
4: reference number is two four five two. Yeah. Well, that's two, right. Three, four,
1: two. yeah. right,
0: okay. So
18: the front on the front. Oh,
0: yeah, okay. Just to confuse everybody, two, it's two is it's two three four two.
18: Two,
4: three, four, two. Two, three, four, two. Yeah. Right. And you can understand why there's a mix-up of numbers. The other one, the other one's in seven. The other one is in like seven as well. As well. That's the problem. And, yeah, that that's, probably, that's, that's probably problem.
0: Are you okay, Councillor Badon, now? Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Councillor Lennon.
14: And then
19: Gerald. Thank you, Chair. I'd like to propose that we accept this plan and application, but with a condition about the um, construction vehicles at the time of the building. Thank you thank you. Could I also suggest that we also have one about the conversion of the garage as well? Yes. Okay, Absolutely.
4: thank you.
0: Happy to second. Happy to second. Okay, so we have a proposal to approve this application. Proposed by Councillor Lemon, seconded by Councillor Gerrard, All those in favour of accepting this proposal.
9: One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten in favour, and uh, any against, or are you abstaining?
23: I'm abstaining because I haven't actually managed to see it on. Here. Okay. Righty ho. I'm not
17: sure which planet it's on, but I haven't yet found it. I'm sorry.
0: Can we just have a quick adjournment? So, if you'd like to, quick, just.
26: Please hold. Your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold your meeting has been
17: temporarily adjourned.
26: Please hold your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. 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 Please hold your meeting has been
17: temporarily adjourned.
26: Please hold your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
27: Please hold your
26: meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold your 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 meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
27: Please hold, your
26: meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
0: Um, (coughs) We're moving on to item 9 now. We've spoken to, um, uh, so we're not going to, we're going to um, carry over item UTT 19104, sorry six. Let's get the numbers right. 1064, um, and land at Homewood White Ditch Lane until January. Or January. Um, given January. our timings. It's the timing. We, we, we need to get out of here this evening, don't we? You know, we're supposed to going on tonight. Yes. So we're moving on to item nine. UTT192022 full midden midden top. Middle, sorry. Middle, top road, Wimbish. <laughs> sorry? Oh, it'd be quite nice that wouldn't it? Yes, it'd be very nice. Thank you. Yes, and it is sorry, Matt. So we're, sorry, we're, so we're on uh, page 117.
4: Yeah. They are they are the applicants for this
2: application.
34: Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you, Chair, for, for that. Um, just for the information of the committee, this application is before the committee because uh, the applicant is related to a member of the staff at Uttlesford District Council. Um, the application is for a change of use from a holiday let to a single dwelling. The application site lies to the south of Top Road and to the east of Wimbish Green. Uh, If I move on to the photos, it's accessed by a road that runs off Top Road. The access road, which is picture one there, the access road leads to a concrete hard standing, which is picture two which is used for parking and turning to the east and north-east of this hard-standing sits the application building. The application building is an L-shaped, single-storey, black-painted, weatherboarded building which is currently used as a holiday let. To the south of the application building is a meadow, and to the east and north is Moan lawn. Warner's farmhouse and a number of other outbuildings lies to the west of the access road. The applications for a change of use, uh, and this is the building, there will be no increase in scale, footprint, floor space, or, appear, or appearance. Is involved in the application just for the change of use. As it is, the appearance respects the Essex design vernacular and complements surrounding buildings' character. Therefore, it is considered that no harm is caused to the countryside in terms of encroachment or detrimental effect on rural character. There's also no change to access arrangements or parking. Therefore the application is considered to accord with local and national planning policy and is recommended for approval with conditions.
0: Thank you very much, Matt.
23: Um, Open this to
0: Councillor Freeman.
23: Yeah, my, my only concern about this, Madam Chairman, is it was for holiday let, and it's now going to be turned into a permanent dwelling. Is whether the insulation and build standards are suitable for a permanent dwelling. Because of very often the places <coughs> for lettings are distinctly substandard, they're not suitable for all year round habitation. So, what are we doing about that?
34: Uh, that would be a building control matter, basically, so it wouldn't be part of the planning procedure.
23: I'm aware that it's a building control matter, thank you. Uh, But on the other hand, it will become a permanent dwelling if we give this consent and people live there all year round. And if it's damp, if it's got condensation, of course inadequate but whatever, there's nothing to make building control look at this. Of course it's built, it's a done job, it's a done deal. They're not going to come and inspect this again with a different hat on. So I think that's (coughs) which we do need to consider. Of course people could be living there, young children, Inadequate heating, inadequate ventilation, inadequate insulation, inadequate damp-proof courses, whatever, I don't know. That's my only concern. building rate consideration, and although I'm not even, I'm not saying that that would be the issue,
4: but that is not a planning consideration, (coughs) it is a building control consideration. It has been an annex in the past as well, so someone has lived there you know, you know, 24-7 if you like as well, so it's had a history you know, as the needs for the building has changed through the period. So someone has permanently lived there in an annex accommodation situation.
0: Anybody else?
13: Councilor we take... Well, I, I have the same concern, so I've written down here about building control regs, so the question is, is there anything we can do as a condition that ensures that it's uh, suitable to the future as Councillor Freeman points out. So is there anything we can do? No. Well, so we either accept it or
4: refuse it. Yeah, and, and I would say you know <coughs> this is a complete as far as I'm concerned it's a complete no-brainer. It's an application where someone has been using it as an annex, then it was a living then it was a, a holiday, let, now they want to use it for permanent rent. So it has been a it has been accommodation for people. But having said all that, it is not a planning consideration. I'm not dismissing that as an issue, but it's not for this it's not
21: for a planning consideration.
0: Councillor Reeve.
2: I propose that we accept this uh, proposal. Thank you very much, Councillor Reeve.
0: Councillor Pavitt, is that seconded? Thank you very much.
19: Do you want to say? That? Well, I say I'll, I'll second, second
0: the motion. Right. Okay, well, Two seconds. That's wonderful. Thank you very much. No, it's okay. <laughs> um, therefore, we have a proposal to um, accept this to accept this application, secondly by Councillor Pavitt. all those in favour of this application to
9: approve. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Against? One, two. Okay. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Um, I'm just going to take number 10. Oh, sorry, but I'm just going to take number 10. Is, uh, and it is, if somebody could click the button, please. UTT 19 2442, full application, electricity substation 3, Chesterford Research Park.
9: Okay.
4: Thank you, Chairman. I think this one's only in front of you because of the Council's only involvement in uh, Chesterfield Park. Unfortunately, it's very, very boring. <laughs> it's an application for a slide extension to an electricity substation. and uh, So th- I think that this is the slide extension to the side of it, to- so you've got more kit in it for electricity. I don't think there's anything else I could build this up for, and the application is recommended. That's the existing substation. I don't think that really surprised you what it looks like and so the application is recommended for approval, Chairman.
0: Thank you very much, Mr Brown. Short six <laughs> to the point. <board>. So, <laughs> Councillor Reeve?
2: Can
18: no, I recommend it for approval?
0: So certainly. Thank you. Councillor Pavitz, a second? Or would you like to say
2: something?
18: Yes, I would. Um, uh, okay. Councillor Freeman would like to
23: lecture us on electrical substations. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very fine example, Madam. Is it? <laughs> oh, <laughs> then. Could we get it listed, do you think?
0: I think we should list it, definitely.
23: Yes, yes. Getting hysterical now. Oh, right. Um,
0: So, we have a proposal proposal to approve from Councillor Reeve, seconded by Councillor Pavitt. All those in favour of approving.
9: Unanimous, Madam Chair. Thank you very much.
0: Um, With your indulgence, we only have two more, and it's the same... Is it not the same?
17: It's the same.
0: Right, who's doing it? It's you Karen. Yeah. So do I do them one at a time?
11: We can on come this one at chance. Carol Hunter
4: was then the proposal that you need to do suit seven. Right. So UTT
0: nineteen two six oh six listed building at Little Garnets Bishops Green. And then UTT nineteen two six one three again at Little Garnet's. Thank you.
20: So this is a listed building application which runs alongside a non-material amendment application. You can't have a non-material amendment to a listed building application. You have to have a new consent. So the planning permission has been granted for an extension. The one at the top is approved. The one at the bottom is the current proposal. And you will see this little chimney here is disappeared from this proposal here. So that chimney there is disappeared from that proposal there <coughs> and in place of the chimney we, which is this one here is disappearing, we're going to have another window. It's recommended for approval. <laughs>
24: Sounds
9: very nice. So the
4: first thing you're doing is considering the revised a new listed building consent application.
2: So. Councillor Reeve. I please propose this be approved.
0: Thank you very much. Do I get it? Um, I second, Councillor Thank you very much. All those in favour, so it's ends up um, so there. Um it's listed, yes. Um, I think I am now. Proposed by Councillor Reeves, seconded by Councillor Gerard, all those in favour of approving this application
9: unanimous madam chair thank you very With much right,
4: and then just to go back because you now need to do a non-material amendment to the planning commission that does exactly the same thing so can I have a
0: look? Oh. thank you very much proposed by councillor Pavitt, seconded by councillor storo all those in favour of a non-material amendment pro- proposal
9: i think that's unanimous again madam chair
0: Thank you very much and can I wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And
17: can I also share something? Who have we got seconded?